Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast. I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. Make sure to follow, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice, be that Apple Podcasts, Blueberry, Google Play, Alexa via TuneIn, anywhere you can find a podcast, it is on there. You can stream the episodes directly from the website, abouttoreview.com, and follow the podcast on all forms of social media at About to Review, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube.com slash About to Review. And if you want to support the show, you can click the Sports About Them website or go to abouttoreview.threadless.com or click the Amazon link in the, sub- in the subscription below, in the description below. Anyway, on today's episode, it is a full house slash studio. Uh, joining is returning guest, Tim Hall, the People's Critic. It's good to be here. I'm not the special guest today. You are not the special guest. Two very special guests. Two very special guests and other... It feels like I should be applauding when he intros yeah. people. It's like, woo, yeah, <laughs> yeah, all right, too. Timmy. <laughs> and two other local podcasters and nerds and awesome guys. Nick. I almost said Nick and Jaren, damn it. He did <laughs> almost Nick, say that. Nick and Dyer from the Northwest Nerd Podcast. Welcome to the studio, guys. Thanks for having Maybe us. I'm sh- really excited to be here. Your studio is amazing. Yeah. This thing is really cool. Oh, thanks. If you're wondering why uh, I am just kind of aimless and <laughs> airheaded is because he has Superman everything around me, long boxes to my right. I don't know where to look. Mm-hmm. And so I apologize to the audience in advance. Booze on your left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Nick and... <laughs> Nick and I can Dyer. change my name to Jarn. Should I just be Jarn? Probably should. Yeah. Nick and Jarn. Nick Jarn and Jarn Oxley. <laughs> oh, there we go. That just makes it more confusing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So we are doing this uh, collaboration of our geek powers. Man, you really love that word collaboration. I do. But we got to find a different th- word. This for is you. not Captain Collaboration because that is reserved exclusively for the Curly Nerd Podcast. That so makes this, sense. This is just a regular yeah. collaboration. Uh, not Captain Collaboration. Shout out to the Curly Nerd Podcast, Jess and Damien. So I brought these two in because we're going to be talking about uh, a movie that is on our radar and has been on our radar for a long time. The movie Avengers Infinity War that is in theaters right now. So we're going to deep dive into that after we go into uh, the geek news and then learn a little bit more about Northwest Nerd. So before we do that, we'll go into the original theme song created by Damien Randall of Ill-Mannered Media. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, now that we are back after the theme song, uh, so the first thing on the docket for today's episode is the geek news, uh, and also a quick, I, I know Tim always says that I, I apologize too much. You do. Uh, but last week, my voice was totally shot. Uh, it is getting better, still not all the way there, but yeah, a little bit rough. As I was listening to it and like editing it, I was like, man, this is this is rough. So thank you to the listeners. I think you for, sound uh, good. You got great posture. Yeah. Oh, thanks. It's, it's helping a lot. Thanks, man. Uh, so yeah, so the geek news. So there's a new trailer that just dropped for a small, like kind of an independent movie called Kin. Is it independent? Kind of. I mean, like first time directors, uh, the only thing that these guys had done, two brothers, Jonathan and Josh Baker, had done some short films together. 
but yeah, like they have James Franco in this. Why do you keep uh, him James Franco? It's the funniest thing. I, I love I that know, you say James, Franco. James Franco. I'm going to say it that, like that way from now on. James Franco's in it. Uh, James, James Franco and uh, your girl. Zoe's in it. Couldn't, yeah. could not, can't miss her. Hashtag Dirty Bay. Who's the guy? Uh, the guy the, is James Rayner. He looks ja- super Jack, familiar. Jack Rayner. Who was he in? He has been in a bunch of stuff. Always kind of as a B. Let's kind of get, he was in Sing Street, which was great. Love Sing Street. From a couple years ago. Uh he was in Electric Dreams for one episode. That's probably where I just saw him. Yeah, Impossible Planet. He was in Detroit. It's a 2015 rendition of Macbeth. Oh, he was in Detroit. He was in Transformers Age of Extinction. Uh, Sorry, now I'm just looking at an IMDb page. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. old Transformers. So I was curious about these directors, though, too, because yeah. there's a lot of kind of from left field in this film that I'm not prepared for. The, mm-hmm. the ba- You call them the Baker brothers, essentially? I think they're brothers, yeah. Jonathan yeah. and Josh Baker. And I don't know anything about them. I don't know anything else that they've done. There's another Jonathan Baker director out there who uh, apparently directed Chips 98. So he's got a, mm. he's got some competition already right. in Hollywood, apparently. Interesting. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But purely based on the trailer, I like the way that it's shot. Like, I'm, I'm willing to give this thing a chance. Um, yeah, I mean, it has yeah. like to this futuristic vibe. A young boy finds this crazy weapon right. and ends up just running around the whole trailer just shooting people with it. Yeah. Someone's looking uh, for the weapon. Yeah. And that someone is James Franco. Who is who's got like a weird creepy. haircut. Who looks like he's See, I got the impression that James Franco was <laughs> uh more yes. of just kind of like some sort of bad guy that's, you know, hanging around his brother but shouldn't. Yeah. And then there's maybe some other group government other, yeah. group, alien group, somebody looking for the gun, which for some reason it, the kid is the only one who can use it like is he's the only one we see using it right like the brother who's apparently like the older brother who's looking after his little brother is like yeah you take the alien gun (laughs) and start shooting it around it it looks Mm -hmm. gigantic but he's carrying around like it's a super soaker just like it's nothing Mm -hmm. so I'm assuming maybe there's dire prediction some sort of like genetic or something or what he can hold the gun but nobody Mm. else can okay is that a section on Northwest Nerd dire predictions yeah I have a sound thing for it too (laughs) (laughs) if you want to use that I can send it to you I was gonna say yeah yeah. Um, no yeah dire prediction Uh, there'll be some sort of connection symbiosis between the gun and that kid that's not a bad prediction I like it I like it it looks fun though yeah and one of the things that Nick was saying is that uh James Franco looks like he just walked out the set of The Deuce uh, yeah, and onto yeah. this movie. They added a neck tat, and that's a <laughs> yeah. bad idea. No, he's in that other stupid movie, the other future movie he's in, where he looks like a weirdo. Is he really? Which one? Yeah, uh, it, the, the trailer just dropped. It looks he like does... a comedy, but it's an actual... like The dude stays busy. Uh, Maybe like, we yeah. should just pick films where he doesn't look like a weirdo, because well, like he films. does pretty... Yeah, I was like, yeah. He did that Stephen King thing and the James Dean film. Oh, I forgot yeah. he did that. The yeah. terrible Wizard of Oz one. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, that was bad. It was real bad. It's interesting in this trailer, though, that he's kind of buried a little bit. Like, they show way more of Dennis Quaid and Zoe Kravitz than they do of James Franco because James Franco is going through some stuff in the headlines right now. Oh, he is. Yeah. Well, it's like how they kind of buried TJ Miller's involvement in Ready Player One. Yeah, Yeah, that too. That was, and that was something where, like, Tim, when Tim was telling me about that, I was like, oh, yeah, he has not been at any of the red carpets, Mm, no, any of the press days. You never see him. Like in he the has, movie, yeah, he, he has no like zero human moment. Like everyone else has like an avatar in the Oasis, and then everyone else has a human moment. Like even if they're like Letitia, Letitia writes in it for like a half a second, right, in the background, mm-hmm. and yet T.J. Miller is not in it at all. Yeah, at all. But yeah, I think Franco might get that same treatment. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. this movie, so Ken, quasi futuristic thing. I'm totally down for it. It looks really cool. 
Uh, so yeah, check out that link uh, in the description below. Uh, next item of geek news, Movie Pass, which yeah. I know a lot of people have been using for a while. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of people ask me about it. Here's the thing that I kept telling people months and months ago. Get it while you can, because something is going to go wrong very soon. What do you mean by something going wrong? So one of the recent things they changed is you can no longer go see the same movie twice. No, that's, that was initial. No, you could see it as long as it was not the same day. You could see the same movie multiple times during the month as long as it was not the same day. Hmm. So now they're changing things again. That plan is not even up there anymore. Like, they're really... So you can only go to one movie once. Once. See, here's the thing. I'm I'm not up to date on the MoviePass thing, because mm-hmm. someone explained this to me, how it worked once, mm-hmm. and I'm extremely skeptical oh, yeah. of this whole... It's like, too good to be true. It is. You know, 100%. type... 100%. Yeah, guy rolls up into town and says, I can make it rain style, like, too good to be true thing. Mm-hmm. And so, what... How how exactly is you pay one fee and you can watch as many movies as you want once a day or something like that? Yep. This doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't sound like a good business model. Not at all. And the company made a loss last year of like $170 million. (laughs) Okay. And everyone everyone was like, but again, like you paid one of them, you paid like 60 bucks and that was your yearly fee. And you can go to any movie you want to as long as you just went once a day. And so people have been doing it, and, I, and I've been telling people, like, do it. Use the system. You paid for it. But, yeah, just it, it is not going to last. But also, I think it's – oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that. I'm, I'm kind of like dire. I'm very skeptical of things like this, so I haven't uh-huh. tried MoviePass. Like, I just started buying clothes on the internet, like, last <laughs> month. Wow. <laughs> like, I prefer to go to stores and buy things, and whenever possible, I like to go to, like, Cinerama or some other smaller uh, theater – type of thing to go see a movie and buying movie pass just feels like it feels like i'm breaking the rules somehow i don't, yeah. I don't yeah. trust it yeah, right. it feels weird it's but like the, yeah you get you get a cheap ticket but by the way we're selling your genetic information yeah, I was gonna to feel a government like, am agency I the product, that's actually? how we that's how we make this up <laughs> well those thing is like they tried to kind of then make up some of it where one of the packages i think it was like last month right. you for your ten dollars a month it came with like all access iheart radio it was like okay it's so yeah. like they're selling ad space because it is a mobile app. So they're selling okay. that. Didn't and like, they get into some hot water recently too because they were like, what we want to do is not just get people to the movies, but craft like an entire movie night. So they were tracking people's location before and after they went to a movie. Wasn't that movie pass that was doing that? It might have been. They, it might have been. They're like, we're going to get yeah. deals with restaurants as well to keep you on that movie pass. Like, yeah. So the ad space me. though you're saying is a, is a revenue source because that makes sense to me right. if it is an app. Throwing in the restaurant angle with that also to me, it just seems, seems like this is going like kind of like the way of like Groupon, where we're just going to find all these kind of alternative revenue streams, mm-hmm. right. and that's going to make up for the fact that you are essentially getting a steal for a film. But also, yeah. I think what we've seen since it's been popular is movies outperforming that what we uh, their initial sort of like estimated box office growth mm-hmm. for the weekend oh, because people have access to just go see it now. Yep. A movie that you would normally not watch, you're like, I got a movie pass, I might as well go see mm-hmm. this movie. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that affects everything because I've noticed that since its popularity, a lot of movies that probably should underperform are kind of making a bit of profit yeah. that opening weekend. And we know people who have said that, yeah, who are there like, you know, I might not, I would not have seen this normally, but might as well. I have Movie Pass. It's yeah. free, like Rampage. Ramp. 
Yeah, like Rampage. <laughs> did anybody? Not, in, I know you guys. You okay. guys probably have, but did anybody actually go see that? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah okay. We saw it. That it's was fun. like on my really. Yeah, it's dumb. It was okay. Is it better what, or worse than the video game though? Better, better, way better. Okay. Like, and the thing is, the video game is just there. There's no ending. That was my jam when I was like eight years old. I love that like a round table game. pizza. There, just, there didn't need to be an ending because yeah. like you run out of quarters and then you just go eat a dessert pizza after. Yeah, that. Right. exactly. <laughs> no, the, the movie is one of the dumbest movies I'd seen in a long time. Okay, but also a lot of fun. No, was that I've seen dumber. I but it was definitely dumb. Yeah. Okay. It was definitely, but it was fun. Like dumb. They like sort of like crafted this plot around this really like oh silly God. video game with these ridiculous characters and it's in it's the rock running around with cgi how creatures. long would a supercut of him yelling george how uh, long would that five be? five minutes okay yeah well like That's five or ten it's a lot of that it's a lot of him yelling george <laughs> so the game is dumb and this is dumber yeah they do the thing yeah. that i hate in these movies where this gigantic monster somehow sneaks up behind somebody it's like 500 like a ton, it's a ton it's a, it's yeah. this wolf weighs a ton and somehow i don't hear it behind me mm-hmm. sure yeah a lot of that in the movie yeah but listen if you're if you're on a plane or you're at home and you're watching it you're gonna be fine that's a perfect yeah. clean movie perfect yeah that's if a great clean in the apartment yeah oh if, for sure yeah. you're not going to miss any plot details yeah. if you're cleaning the kitchen or vacuuming no. okay. you can, <laughs> no. you can perfect. You can, listen i could show you a clip from the middle of the movie you, you two could probably figure out what's going on yeah they're they're destroying the city yeah so okay. don't see it unless you have movie pass I mean, yeah. Unless you just love this kind of, like, there are people who love these kind of movies, and if that's your jam, then please do it. Yeah. yeah. And it just happens to be one of our jams. Yeah. I mean, we just like Geostorm. When you want to see Gerard Butler, punch oh a storm God, in the Geostorm. face. Yeah. There you go. You know, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So, Movie Pass, it is still around for now. Take advantage of it while you can. They still are trying to manufacture things a little bit differently, but it still is there. So good luck. I can see them trying to get a deal with an actual theater oh, franchise. Yeah. That was what I that was what I was saying months ago. Is that at some point have to do that. AMC or Regal, which already have their own app, right. are going to be like, all right, Movie Pass, fine. Here's a hundred million dollars. Right. Give us all of your user data. Which I mean, in all yeah. apps, that is the most valuable thing. Yep. Give us all your user data. We we got it. Just go away. Well, not oh. to go away, but to 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 keep them around because they're bringing people to the theater. Wait, but they they would somehow find a way to then brand it then with AMC in connection with MoviePass, you know, right. something like that. I actually I see someone like a Fandango just coming through and just Ooh, plowing yeah. over them because they already have they have this. I don't know how long Fandango's been around, a long couple time. decades or so. Yeah, uh, just we already have the infrastructure. We'll just copy what you do and mm-hmm. you know do it. Kind of like Instagram just takes over Snapchat. Exactly. You know? We yeah. already know what we're yeah. doing. We'll just do it better than you, and then MoviePass just goes away. And or they'll some, just buy them out. And then somebody like Facebook is like, cool, now that you did that, Instagram, how about I want you also? And then <laughs> yeah, exactly. so just take over everything. So, yeah. Uh, last bit of geek news, which ties into the episode. Mm-hmm. So, Avengers this weekend uh, has demolished everything else, which we kind of knew that it would, but not like this. Oh, absolutely. Like, they move Rampage because of the date. Yeah. This well, originally people were running the, from this movie. The, yeah. Um, I think that Solo is still running from it because yeah. the, if you're going to release a Star Wars movie in the spring, it should be on May 4th or around there, right? Yeah. You mm-hmm. would think. But yeah. it's just yeah. like May 27. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, they, they did not want to be next to this No one wanted to be next to it. So, so far, the weekend numbers, and this does not include the Monday totals, or technically the Sunday totals, which they will drop on Monday, 
as of right now, as of recording, $250 million domestically, mm-hmm. worldwide total $630, oh, and wow. it has not opened in China yet. Yep. It will open in China May 11th. So Nick and I had like a, not a bet, but a debate. We were oh, at, uh, we were playing pinball at the Twilight, remember? And yeah. we were like, which one's going to do more, Black Panther or Avengers Infinity oh, War oh, during Infinity the open week? I thought Infinity War, but mm-hmm. I think Infinity War is doing better because... Black Panther was such a huge success, right? I mean, like right before this film comes out, right. yeah. You know, people that probably were never going to go see this Marvel film with this fervor already going on are probably more prompted to go see this film now. Yeah, and Black right. Panther's still in theaters. That is what was right. crazy. It even went back into the top five of the yeah. weekend box office <laughs> yeah. thanks to Infinity War. It is probably. now in right. fifth place yeah. in week twelve. Of its run. Now, whether Infinity War, I think, holds this out, because that's about, what, 50 million more than Black Panther's opening weekend. Right, right. But Black Panther is just, like, not going away. Nope. Like you said, it's still in theaters. Yeah. So I'm wondering how long Infinity War will actually, you know, get this to stretch out. I, th- I think this is going to last a while. Really? It'll get a run, but I think the problem is going to be with these other films coming Star out. Wars, Solo, yeah. mm-hmm. um, mm. Deadpool. There's not enough physical yeah. theater space, so that'll sort of cut down. But it'll, it'll get a nice run out of it. Yeah, but Black Panther had such a long run because there was really nothing no. competing, There's no yeah. competition. And Black Panther is a much more rewatchable movie as well. Like yes. I know people who, like my mom, went four times to Black Panther. I yeah. don't see her going four times to Infinity War. Yeah. Not emotionally. No, <laughs> no. It's there's not nearly enough going on in that movie for you to go back and watch it again. Right. Right. Spoiler yeah. free. Spoiler free. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah. So pretty crazy it just it is crushing everything it will continue this run because the next big thing is deadpool on the 18th yeah on the 18th and then star wars after that mm-hmm. deadpool is going to have a little bit more limited of a yeah i think appeal to people because well, it is r also so that it's immediately our, takes out a yeah huge percentage. but then i even knew comic book fans that weren't into like the deadpool thing that they're more into like they like the fantastic four side of comic books they don't like the wisecracking swearing superhero side of comic books right so, yeah and, and so, some people are wrong yeah, exactly. I was gonna say <laughs> that's essentially my response. Just, just like I frequently say, everyone is entitled to their own opinion, even if that opinion is wrong. Right. Yeah. So you're gonna have a lot of fun with me later in the show, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we, we will see. Uh, so yeah, so that was the geek news. Uh, now, the two voices that you have been hearing for a while, Nick and Dyer, not Nick and Jaren. Nick and Dyer, Northwest Nerd Podcast. How long have you guys been going on now? About two years. Just wrapped up our second yeah. season because nice. we do these uh, in in seasons, or else we'd go crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then in right now we're in the middle of putting together content for the third season, mm-hmm. which uh, probably come out sometime after the summer, end of the summer, being fall. Yeah, probably end yeah. of summer. Yeah. Nice. And so in the meantime, I'm going to be in the car traveling around a bit to a few places. Oh, just yeah, to we're tease, also make it tease the listeners. There's a con. There's versus Comic Con, which yeah. is the very first. Uh, beachside comic-con over on the Oregon coast there's mm-hmm. one called the Oregon coast it's in Tillamook I'm, I'm not talking that down a bit but it is kind of in the delta this yes. is seaside it's like right on yeah. seaside Gorgeous. yeah so um yeah we're gonna go out there it's a it's kind of a small independent convention out there and mm-hmm. um gonna you know roll around and have some fun there 
Nice. Yeah, and some cosplayers we know are going to be featured guests there as well. That'll be yeah. pretty sweet. Jerry Kendra and Abby Sue. Abby Sue. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A lot of folks are kind of uh, just had, like if you've ever been to like RenCon, that's the only thing I can think of around okay. here that's like it. It's it's like maybe three thousand people or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the cosplayer uh, potential for photos at Versus, and I'm talking at Versus so much right now, but it's it's at the <laughs> yeah. beach. They've got like yeah. they've got crashed ships sticking out of the beach down there that you can. It would be a, a cosplayer great place to cosplay photos. like the Goonies. Like, yeah. This is the place to do that or parts of the caribbean maybe yes yeah but you know what else has been filmed out there like educate me okay <laughs> like that's the thing everybody goes to the goonies it is the yep. big one short circuit no oh. kindergarten cop right oh. the I mean, to be fair though short te- circuit didn't age very well <laughs> okay no, no, the no last did not. <laughs> the last two teenage mutant ninja turtles from the 90s were filmed nice. in a sound stage over the water in astoria wait you're telling me that wasn't feudal japan <laughs> that was not feudal japan i disagree sir <laughs> It was so convincing. <laughs> the two, they freed Willie twice out there, I think. Yes, um, I, I do remember yeah, that. Like, there's yeah. all these films that have been kind of like filmed out in that area that are just like pretty, like, I don't know, fascinating. They put the film museum out there because there's so much stuff out there, but yeah. So anyway, mm, it sounds fun. like a lot of local boy pride. Yeah, mm. a little bit. Yeah, we yeah. really believe in that northwest part of our name. Uh, right. Yeah, it's northwest nerd. I mean, like, we talk about science, technology, and pop culture, but we try to keep it with a northwest focus because absolutely. I mean, there's so many national things out there. Like, what are we going to do? Compete with Nerdist? Yeah. No, right. But Nerdist also isn't paying attention to the Pacific Northwest, where there's so much cool nerdy stuff going on. We're like, the Nerd West. Yeah, yeah. That's why we do it. The we Nerd do. West. Well, I mean, I, I would. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not saying that California or any other thing, no. other area in the United States doesn't have nerds. Mm-hmm. It just seems to me. Maybe it's just because I'm closer to it. We have how many cons out here? We have yeah. how many things? Nerdlesk is a huge thing out here. Whereas, yep. I mean, it's elsewhere, but we have it everywhere here. Um, it's just really, really prevalent here. And someone once told me that it's because we're the inside kids. Maybe that's why it is that way. Because yeah. you know, we're 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 in plain D and D anyway. You know, it's right. just going to be our community. But it is very, very potent here. And now mm-hmm. that we're experiencing this uh, era of what we'd call maybe nerd or geek culture is going mainstream. We yeah. call it our main pop culture now, and people have kind of just paid more attention to it. And I don't know. For folks like me, it's like I, I, we've always been here. This has yeah. always been here. And when I have to explain to people, you know, what Captain America's doing or mm-hmm. or what uh, this, you know, this is not news to us, but it is news to people now because it's they just haven't experienced it yet. It is pretty crazy. Like all of us have had those experiences when we were kids. We were the ones reading the comics, and people would be like, eh, whatever, whatever. And now, people would come up to us like, so, uh, who is this? And it was like, oh, now you want to talk uh, to yes, me. Yes, pushes up glasses. That's Proxima Midnight. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, you guys want to go to Forks and do like a whole Twilight tour? <laughs> <laughs> That's been suggested to us a you couple times. Yeah. So Maybe we should. Oh, things I lived in Portland, so and they filmed it there. So I feel like I've already, <laughs> I've already uh, done the Forks tour in a way, yeah. like the cafe and coffee shops. Um, Forks, I'd go up to Forks and do a, a Twilight tour. There of is nothing sorts. in Forks. Yeah, I, well, I've been out to the Olympics a lot when yeah. I was living over kind of towards Kitsap. That's like okay. the camping yeah, yeah. ground. Um, I, I kind of like areas that have like nothing going on because it's just like I don't know. This is gonna get real, but campfire time and whiskey Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that's it. what forks would be like for me and did you guys the see that they're feature. bringing and vampires and werewolves obviously yeah. Mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah. they're Naturally. obviously there uh they're bringing back are you afraid of the dark 
Good. Yeah, I heard about that. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. That's cool. That show was awesome. Yeah. I love that show. Yeah. There is, I think, a need now for, um, especially with uh, uh, Black Mirror shows mm-hmm. like that yep. kind of coming out, that old uh, Outer Limits Twilight like Zone. Anthology style. And exactly. Mm-hmm. Where you can just kind of recycle um, actors and stuff. Like Burgess Meredith was in like every single <laughs> Twilight uh, episode, mm-hmm. Twilight Zone episode. Um, but yeah, like things like that. I could totally see that show coming back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm down for it. So when you guys first started Northwest Nerd, were you guys working together to like ha- talk about that process of when you guys started collaborating and being like, all right, how about we do this thing on our own? Um, so I know Dyer has a version of this story. Who who do you want to tell it? <laughs> you, 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 you tell it. And okay. then I'll just interject. Interject, yeah. Like, All right, like, so <laughs> we, used to, we used to work at the same radio station, me working on the radio side and Dyer working on kind of the website side of things. So I would have to come talk to him every afternoon and be like, here's what we did on the show. Here's what would be good content for right. the uh, the website. And also, hey, did you see that nerdy thing? Let's talk about that for yeah. 20 minutes instead of work for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that eventually led to uh, Dyer feeling like he could be doing – more with like having all of this radio equipment around him. So he was like, I want to start a podcast. And he like had this whole pitch. He was like, I dug into the numbers. There's like a huge market here. Like there's so much nerdy stuff and stuff like that. I was like, dude, I'll do it. Let's do right. this thing. And uh, you gotta know to stop selling. Just <laughs> that's, that's when we started doing Northwest Nerd. And we probably worked on the concept for the show for like six months before we started doing it because wow. we wanted to bring to bear the production skills that I have and mm-hmm. make like that magazine type episode that we started out doing as kind of the show prime and that be our brand. But at the same time, we wanted to have uh, original reporting from Dyer right. so that he could flex his journalistic muscles mm-hmm. as well because that's one of the huge assets that our show has. And, uh, that's kind of that's the genesis of it. He bought me a lot of uh, Miller High Lifes. Wow, at, uh, the champagne the of beers. Yeah, yeah. I it know was, it was great. I know how to schmooze. <laughs> that was probably the thing. Um, the the thing that kind of made it what it is was Nick had the idea of, and he used this term magazine. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you intended for us to like use that, like me to use that as like when I describe to people, it's like a magazine podcast. Yeah, It was an internal term. Initially. But I think, <laughs> I think it's perfect. I, uh, I kind of had this idea walking around Emerald city comic con of, uh, you know, the guy that sells fezes at, at the yes. comic con. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I talked, I was talking with somebody and he just, uh, not the main guy, but he has this really amazing backstory of how he got sick and the fezes apparently were how he worked through the sickness and then he got better, but now he still makes these fezes. It's just like this interesting backstory. And whenever I hear stories like that, I immediately think like that would be a great story to tell, but right. I wasn't working at a place that would really care to tell that story. Mm-hmm. And so from that kind of came this idea of, well, maybe I wanted to do essentially kind of like a, a this American life for nerds. Mm-hmm. And then when I told it to Nick, uh, he very rightly was like, uh, you don't want to do that. That's a lot of work. <laughs> they have right. a gigantic staff. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and if, if it's just like, too, and then he had this idea of just doing a magazine, which I liked a, a lot more because you can actually incorporate, well, when you open up a, a magazine, you have the feature story, but you also have, you know, maybe some sort of fun quiz in there or some yeah, sort yeah. of news bites. You kind of have that like front of book news bite thing, kind exactly. of like what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like in the back, it might be something a little more fun. Like, should you... Uh, Oh, now I'm trying to think of a fun Northwest <laughs> magazine type thing. Like, what IPA are you kind of thing? Yeah, like, right. So we started doing, like, Definitely. quizzes in the back half of our episodes and stuff like that. The top 10 ciders produced locally. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Things like, yeah. Uh, or I would just do, like, film stuff and all that. Nick and I make very different types of quizzes. Uh, yeah, we do. But, yeah, um, eventually... 
with our powers combined, mm-hmm. um, the thing of like Northwestern just kind of came out and eventually we're constantly tweaking it and, and probably will continue. But, um, yeah, we actually have a uh, survey out right now. If any of your yes, listeners yes, are please. also some of our listeners, I got the survey. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead and uh, fill out out. the survey. Thank yeah. you. Thank mm-hmm. you. both. Of there you. is a $50 gift card out there Ooh, for a drawing. A drawing. Good card. Yeah. Where? Uh, if you where take the you survey. At? Okay. Um, yeah, Ooh, we'll uh, we'll do a drawing for folks that participate, and mm-hmm. then uh, to wherever you want, uh, you know, I don't know, Amazon. Will be it's the basically just one, a but... what do you like and don't like about the show, so that we can continue improving because exactly. we legitimately sure. care about feedback. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We're not just like putting this thing out into the ether and being like, people should listen to it because it's us and it's good. <laughs> I firmly believe in red penning. Yeah. And so yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So I actually I will put the link in the description below. Oh, thank Perfect. you. Thank so, you. Yeah. Click on that and yeah, $50 gift card. All you have to do is answer, what was like, what, eight questions? Yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah, super quick. So nice. Uh, what other th- other things do you guys do that is awesome? Is like I went to your guys' costume contest during Emerald City Comic Con and you guys do a lot of stuff in the community, whether it is you guys tabled at, was it RenCon uh, mm-hmm. last year? Yeah, Red yeah. City Comic Con. We did both of theirs. They did a convention for conventions. Uh, so run con con yeah it was like <laughs> it was like the con to kick off the cons convention party. con yeah yeah Interesting. It, it was all the so like crypticon was there and the rent okay, fair was gotcha. there and some anime conventions were there and toy convention like they were all like in this one room and you can kind of hang out and they had their own cosplay contests and things like that um but we were we just kind of go there so folks know that we exist right um and you know try to explain kind of more what we're about it's hard to go to a convention as a podcast because you're not really selling anything right. you just want folks to be aware that hey you know like we're here and we're one of you and we do some stuff and it's mm-hmm. for me actually this is where it's the perfect place to go find people that know stuff or have stories so Absolutely. i kind of mine these places for um you know information and, and everybody has a story to tell any panel that you go to people have interesting backgrounds and so that's what kind of I think these places are fascinating in that regard. So I kind of like going to them for that. Yeah. And Uh, then uh, while Dyer is out there doing things for the actual podcast, I more just try to get people to remember (laughs) that we exist by asking them uh, controversial questions like, uh, who's your, who's your captain? And I'm going to debate you ruthlessly, no matter what you answer. (laughs) Or uh, the the one that always seems to get the most response is, uh, is Star Wars sci-fi. Oh yeah, yeah, wow. yeah! I had a lot of people yell at me about that one. Hashtag it's not, but um, <laughs> wow, yeah, it's not sci-fi. It's not sci-fi. Space it's a space opera? fantasy. It's a space yeah. opera. Yeah, yep. uh, it, it, it's it's hard to debate it when George Lucas himself has come out and said, "No, it's not sci-fi." No, I didn't yeah. want to make a sci-fi. Um, oh. Yeah, but anyway, it's a Joseph Campbell hero's journey is what. Yes, yeah. or the costume. So the costume contest that mm-hmm. you uh, you mentioned is an interesting thing because I am um, not an event planner, <laughs> um, and it's stuff that we've just kind of picked up to do because we again wanted to let people know we were there mm-hmm. um and cosplay is just like the funnest thing i think around the, the cons um it's one of the most creative things i think you got around the cons yeah. uh ray gun lounge is amazing for letting us use the Definitely, space yeah. shout out to them for sure um and uh yeah we just kind of put these things together and um i don't know how or or, or why because i'm essentially just ripping off i went to a cosplay contest the year before we did it and i'm kind of ripping off what they did i think it was a, a group out of u-dub like the cosplay repair station did a did their thing, and I okay. thought, well, well, let's just do that. Um, but <laughs> but for some reason, these rooms just get packed yeah. um, to to a place level that kind of scares me to to a point. Um, <laughs> uh, but it is super fun. 
mm-hmm. um, and the creativity that comes. I mean, gosh, what, and the craftsmanship, yeah. like craftsmanship. People the dude, are so the good dude at these who things. won, who brought us stuff from Alaska. Yeah, so he was there as our like, last one too. Um, him and, and his and his wife, I think they they do cosplay together. Mm-hmm. Um, Forty below cosplay on Facebook. By the oh, way. there you go. Because nice. apparently he has to make the stuff in his bathtub because he has to have an, an enclosed area where he can heat it up enough in Alaska to use the materials that he's using Jeez. apparently. Um, and yeah, so he's uh, he make they make some really great stuff. I make videos of this stuff, and you can see them like last year and this year. Um, and they, I think they even got into the audience award section last year as well. But nice. yeah, he's a he's a real talented guy with the war. And he went home with a whole sheet of Warblow, which is the other problem. Is right. Now they have to go back to Alaska and they have no idea how to get their prizes. Back. I remember that was one of the things you guys were like, and here is this. And they were like, cool. Yeah. How do <laughs> we? His wife was like, how are we going to get that home? <laughs> yeah. And all the judges were like, we'll take it off your hands yeah, for it's you. It's one of those right. good problems, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, but which is I, great. I would say that those cosplay contests as well are just kind of our like our love letter to the Northwest nerd community, because we love to, to talk to these people and to involve them in the show as well. Because Mm -hmm. one of the things that Dyer does with his, uh, his feature reports that we do for these episodes is go out and highlight people who live in the Northwest doing really cool, really well done nerdy things. Um, like one of our first episodes, you, um, you profile Dave Ryan from Manticore stencil art who takes like, old paintings and then puts nerdy things into them. Like one of his most popular ones I think is uh, Ron Solo, a mashup between Ron Swanson and Han Solo. (laughs) I've seen that. Which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I have that, I have that magnet on my refrigerator and part of the way that we find people like this is just by engaging the community. And then people come up and say like, Hey, you know who you should talk to is this person. Yep. They're awesome. Absolutely. And that was a bit of a selfish thing. Cause I'm a fan of Dave Ryan's work. Uh, and he now has a also location true, yeah. in Pike place market. Oh, nice. Um, where he, he doesn't get to do the work there, but he can showcase it. But, uh, he just has a, a art with a sense of humor that I just matches me. And so he'll take, he'll get old paintings or he'll just do a lot of stencil work, um, records, you know, like that spray painted record type stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he does Bob Ross painting a painting of, you know, Bob Ross, things like that. <laughs> but he has this great story of when he got severely injured after diving into a swimming hole uh, while mm-hmm. on a road trip um, and had to essentially relearn to use his body. And he's an artist, which it's very important to use, like to even just press down the spray paint can was a new lesson he had to learn. Hmm. And that story of him, of here's a local artist who has kind of some pop culture and nerdy angles, learning to do his art craft again was just just phenomenal to me. And it was it's great. And it was all surrounding this painting that he did. The, the guy who saved his life, essentially, how has the original painting of, um, he calls it a scorching lick. It's a an old painting that somebody drew of a forest fire. And on that, he put Boba Fett playing a Les Paul guitar. And wow. so, um, it's, yeah, it's called Scorching Lick. It's a pretty great painting. I have a version of it. Um, and this whole story of him getting injured, you know, is all around this. And so now he's, I mean, he's obviously still doing the work. But yeah. that's the kind of stories that are around here. And, and besides that I like, to like find. the specific people, we also dig into the communities. Like I had no idea that there were people who mermaid like all oh, yeah. the time. And that's a scene that Dyer dove into, I guess, pun intended, um, <laughs> in one of our episodes. And, and that was really I mean, amazing to learn about those people. He did kind of feel like a fish out of water <laughs> yes. during, during reporting that. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Uh, so little, little side note here. Uh, so if you are talking to mermaids, don't reference Zoolander. Um, <laughs> apparently that's yeah. like, just like the merman dad right. merman line gets repeated all the time. Oh no. Yeah. 
and it's just yeah it's not funny anymore i guess it's not yeah it's like yeah. the joke that everybody does but right you know, anyway no yeah little subcultures is another thing i like i like to kind of mm-hmm. or the northwest dive. pinball scene where we have like world champions who live Seriously. up here and world champions Seattle who are portland. in pinball gangs yeah a pinball Wait, gang sorry what now uh <laughs> yeah so out of portland we have cff crazy flipper fingers uh the, yeah. wow. they are a gang. CFS on a machine yeah it's them They're, and they've tagged wow. so that's their version of tagging when you join the gang and you join imagine like the hell's angels you get jumped in right but instead of motorcycles <laughs> it's pinball machines but the aesthetic is the same um so like i met a few pledges that were there and they had their pledge patches and wow. things yeah so um <laughs> I, I hung out with them for a night while they were playing down at their uh their spot down in portland and one of the women's world champions of pinball is actually part of the gang. Uh, her name's uh, Zoe, but her gang name is Legs. And one thing you do is you, yeah. One thing you do is you give up your initials. So when you win a game on pinball and right. put your initials up there, you don't do that anymore. It's all CFF. And you'll notice in Seattle, in Portland, I was up in Vancouver, BC. It's there too. Mm. There are CFF initials, and that's kind of how they spread their. Uh, their dominance, I guess, in the area. And they've got, the they've got chapters up here. Wow. The uh, There's a few gangs in Portland, though, because they're not alone. I don't know if you guys... I don't know what the language limit is on this. or PG-13. Or, uh, well, the, one of the other groups called the Whiskey Dicks. Um, mm. And so... And then You're allowed one gang. of those. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if you bleep that out later. Um, make a note. But uh, yeah, so it's they're just a few gangs. There are some rivals, you know, kind of going along. Any fights? Yes, apparently. Uh, I what? asked Zoe about that. I was like, so, like, what, like, is this just kind of like a cutesy thing that you guys kind of do? And she's like, you know, I, I kind of thought that, no, there are fights. Wow. Um, and if somebody comes she and pulled, messes with me. She pulls on her collar. She has a scar. What do you like, think I got this? Well, right. no, she, she was saying, it's like, so, I mean, pinball's kind of a like a male-dominated thing, you know, and right. you're a girl there. You got guys breathing down your neck. She goes, if anybody messes with me, I've got 10 guys at any given point that will mess them up. And they wow. do. And so, wow. yeah. So if you can imagine, like, like I said, it's like the Hells Angels with pinball. Right. And so there you go. That was a very long explanation for another feature we did. Because <laughs> we also, I mean, because in Seattle, we have, what, three different pinball places? More oh, than that. More I than have three. a pinball map on my phone. Oh, shit. Um, so, I mean, I, like at any point, given point on a night, I'm probably at Coindexter's, Houndstooth, uh, Shorty's. Uh, we just got Jupiter, Jupiter that came in town at a ball. Coindexter's. Um, yeah. And these are just the ones the that one are in pinball the hall. international district. Uh, oh, the pinball museum. Pinball museum. Pinball yeah. museum. Yeah. Um, and then you got flip, flip, ding, ding. Um, <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of places in the area, and then there's a lot of bars that um, have like one or two in the corner, right. which is what the pinball map is great for. So if I'm in an area and I have time to kill, I can see oh five blocks away. There's an Indiana Jones pinball machine I can play. So wow. Um, yeah. Oh, it's a scene, man. Appar- yeah. Apparently, yeah. it's huge. Yeah. A scene I knew nothing about. Wow. That's go. one of the. Th- that's like. I enjoy working on the podcast because mostly I enjoy working with Dyer because he digs up this kind of stuff that just mm-hmm. opens my eyes to yeah. mermaids, pinball, Dave Ryan, <laughs> like fill in the blank. Like he's legitimately a, just a really good journalist that I enjoy working with. Awesome. Yeah. That's the show. Northwest nerd. Very cool. Uh, so you guys are on hiatus right now until season three. Yes. Off season till season three. Yeah. We're working on a couple things in the next couple months. Uh, we'll be, publicly in places like uh, versus comic-con coming up uh july 21st and 22nd i believe and then a couple other things and uh, the best way to keep track of us is on our social media nw nerd podcast on facebook or at nw underscore nerd on twitter and instagram fantastic yeah. cool and yeah all those links will be below all right so now that the getting to know you section is is over 
Time for a little thing called Avengers Infinity War. Uh, and also, before we actually get into that, we'll go over each phase okay. and what each of our favorites were in each phase. Okay. Kind so of, one movie per phase. One movie per phase. How many phases are we have, have we had so We are far? currently... Well, we just ended technically phase three okay. see do you think we ended or do we have to what i don't know how much I of a think, spoiler we got because there's think, another in, like avengers movie they want out there this is the end of phase three i think like because uh, ant-man and captain marvel i think are going to be phase four okay uh, they do not quite go by years which makes it a little bit confusing yeah um but like on the wiki right now yeah phase yeah phase three avengers infinity war Cool. So, and then that means Captain Marvel takes place in Phase Four. Yes. Yes. Well, the well, film takes place in the nineties. Right. Yeah. But the film itself is Phase Four. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, okay. So to go over which ones were in Phase One. Okay. So starting in two thousand eight, we have Iron Man. That same year, Incredible Hulk that everybody forgets about with Ed Norton. Uh, two thousand ten, Iron Man Two, Ugh. Thor in twenty eleven, Captain America: The First Avenger also in twenty eleven. And then Marvel's The Avengers in 2012. So that was that was the groundwork. That was the the beginnings of everything that we have known now. Ten years later, which is interesting because out of those films, I can maybe think of like three of them that, at least in my opinion, aren't really worth a watch. In, in my like Iron Man two, yeah, yeah, it gave us Black Widow. I wasn't interested. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't interested in Thor much at all. From it gave that us time. the Tesseract. Yeah, I, I mean, like the the, the little storylines are planted <laughs> there, but I mean, for a first run, it was kind of fifty fifty there for a while. Captain America oh, was sure. probably okay, and everybody really liked Avengers. I feel like that was pretty well received. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, so, I wasn't into it as much as other people either. But I have people that were freaking out about it. So yeah, so yeah. round table. Okay. Starting with Tim. Yes. Phase one. What is your favorite film of phase one and why? Oh, Avengers. Easy. Easy. It, it was a culmination of, of, of seeing something that I didn't think we'd ever get to see. I remember mm-hmm. that, you know, there was the post-credit scene after Iron Man. There was a post-credit scene after Hulk where he talked mm-hmm. about putting the team together. And I was like, oh, they're going to do Avengers. There's no way they do Avengers. And then, boom, years later, we had the Avengers. And, yeah, it's probably still one of my favorite of the Marvel Studios movies. Really? Yep. Okay. Dire. <laughs> I mean, f- this is going to be the obvious one for like. I think a lot of people in the nerd sphere are going to be like a little on the nose with Iron Man, but Iron Man, I think, was the proof uh, with Marvel that you can make a comic book movie and not have it be like, you know, kitschy and lame. Silly. And, and, yes, I mean, mm-hmm. and Iron Man's not. I mean, I think before Iron Man came out, if you asked a lot of people just in the main spectrum of pop culture. You know what's the superhero? Well, Superman, Batman, uh, right. Captain. America. They, they, they would know these ones. They probably wouldn't list out Iron Man. No. And yep. and they come and they kind of hit this out of the ballpark with Iron Man, and to do it that well and to have it be taken that seriously, uh, that alone is just extremely impressive for me. And they just pulled off as a good movie in general. So, yeah, Iron Man. Nice, solid. Yeah. I'd say easily for me, it's also Iron Man. It's the one that you can kind of tell in the films after it, in the rest of phase one, that they kind of tried some other things. And then by phase two decided that, oh, what works is Iron Man. We should keep on (laughs) doing that. And then by phase three, they're like, you know how we do a Spider-Man movie with Iron Man. And that's (laughs) why I think Iron Man is clearly the best one. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. continues to be, I think, the best actor in the role that he plays in the MCU, even up to Infinity War. And I think that 
like phase two and phase three owe so much to this movie. That's easily the best one for me. And it was a character that I didn't even care about until this movie came out. Yeah, and most that, people that was the thing. Is like, yeah, most people. I mean, like they they were taking a risk. Yeah, because before this, you had Daredevil, you know, and Elektra mm. and things like that. Iron Man, yeah, it had a cartoon in the '90s, and yeah, it tied into that. But the Shellhead, even at that point in the comics, was not their top tier person. And so to come out guns blazing with Iron Man, yeah, was was risky. Uh, so, I mean, I respect it for, for starting everything and it is totally watchable. Like it is a, it is a great movie, but the first Captain America. Yeah. Like I really liked the first Captain America. I think that Chris Evans, like the dude is incredible. Like, I mean, when you look at his portrayal, when he was the meek Steve Rogers versus when he becomes Captain America, the kitschiness of it, like the, the war propaganda stuff. It was great. So my pick for phase one would be Captain America. I totally understand that the steroid use in the movie? What was that? The steroid use in the movie? The, the super soldier serum? Is that what gets you? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, big fan of HGH. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. But yeah, no, just like that was a solid movie. I mean, the Red Skull stuff, like the villain was maybe not the best of them. And it the movie had some problems, but I just... Totally enjoyable movie. I like the period piece aspect of it. Yeah. I think that's what gets me with that movie is getting a uh, World War II era kind of film out of it. But you mm-hmm. don't really, you've never seen a World War II film yeah. kind of with that. And yet again, not making it kitschy. Yeah. You know? When you get like the selflessness, yeah. like when he is the meek Steve Rogers and he jumps on the grenade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you see from that point, this is Captain America. Like yeah. this is everything that you have ever wanted from Captain America. So, yeah. Uh, phase two, talk about a, a kind of 50-50 kind of rough shot uh, oh. in this one. So, phase two, you have Iron Man 3 in 2013, Thor the Dark World, also in 2013, Captain America the Winter Soldier, 2014, Guardians of the Galaxy, 2014, Avengers Age of Ultron, 2015, and Ant-Man, 2015. Boom, 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 right after each other. Yeah. Like, they, they jam-packed this, because, again, now they had their formula. Now they knew what they were doing. They had their plan. When they first did Iron Man, they had a couple ideas that they were layering in. By the time Phase 2 rolls around, like it was just a well-oiled machine. They knew years ahead, okay, this and this and this is going to lead to here. And that was when they took their biggest shot, too, because it's one thing to make the Avengers work, like the members of the Avengers, like Thor, Mm -hmm. Captain America, Iron Man, people at least recognize them and can Mm -hmm. be like, oh, okay, that's a comic book movie. I recognize that character. When they got to Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, holy crap, this could be the one that like sinks this entire thing if it just flops. And I'm going to go ahead and spoil my pick for phase two. I thought it was the best one of phase two. Guardians of the Galaxy, I thought had potential to basically become this generation's Star Wars if they wanted to take it in that direction. Yeah. And and again, even diehard comic book fans, there was no way. Like Tim was saying, like, oh, I never thought we'd get an Avengers movie. There was not a world you lived in reading comics, reading the Guardians of the Galaxy comics, being like, someday I could see this a movie. Not a chance. (laughs) I never thought I'd see Rocket Raccoon on like a tissue box along with right. Iron Man and Thor. Like that doesn't make yeah. any sense. No. It still kind of doesn't make sense. It is right. bizarre. But yeah, so Tim, phase two, what's um, you got? Probably Winter Soldier because I think it's still my favorite of 
the films of, of all of them so far. And, and to me, it was the first one out of the in, in the whole 10 year run that felt like part of the other formula, which was making sort of these subgenre films. Mm-hmm. Like it's a comic book movie, but it's also this like Guardians of the Galaxy is a space movie. Yep. Ragnarok's like this buddy comedy. Yeah. And and Winter Soldier felt like a spy film. Mm-hmm. That yeah. happened to have Captain America and Bucky and all these other people in it. It was a spy movie, and it was all and it and it was the undertone of it was a really serious conversation about security and what that looks like nationally and what rights are we willing to give up for security, which is a real conversation that we're having in our in Very our politics right yeah. now. That somehow is woven into this movie about Captain America and his buddy who he thought was dead, who comes back and has a metal arm. Like it's all that stuff in this one movie, and mm-hmm. it's all very contained. And I love Bucky as a character. I love Winter Soldier. I think he's yeah. he's great. That whole sequence when he shows up in the middle of the street and tries to blow up, like he tries to kill people, which is the other crazy part of that. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he tries to kill Nick Fury. He tries mm-hmm. to kill Scarlet Witch. He's like. I'm sorry, uh, sorry, uh, Black Widow. Mm-hmm. He like rolls that bomb towards her to try to blow her up. Yeah, he's a murderer the whole movie, mm-hmm. and it's really fascinating that that Cap still has compassion for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that, again that goes back to that layering they did with that character mm-hmm. in the first Captain America. Right. Mm-hmm. That selflessness, that commitment to friendship and honor, like yeah, the yeah. best of us. You know, yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. And it was a really interesting way to tell a soldier's story in modern times without having to touch like our various wars in the Middle East. Yes. Yeah. Which was really cool. Like, that was on, a, like, kind of a smart way to do that. The touch on PTSD. There's that whole yeah. meeting he goes to where he meets uh, Falcon and mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. a group for with ex soldiers talking mm-hmm. about their traumas. That All that's in this movie. It's really great. I love it. I, I rewatch it all the time. Yep. You know, I'm going to echo that because that's actually mine as well. Nice. Honorable mention for Iron Man 3. I'm the only one I think I know that actually liked Ooh, that film. I was just watching right? Iron Yeah, Man everybody in the room just cringed a little bit. But I liked Iron Man 3. What a, okay, so... <laughs> Since we just talked about right. Winter Soldier and all the reasons why we like that. What about Iron Man 3 makes up the honorable mention? All so, the pepper pots, though, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so... You you touched upon a, a few points that I really like about Winter Soldier and the thing about comic books that nobody uh, ever acknowledges. They just it's just the funnies to them, right? It's right. just kids' books. Right. Comic books are a lot deeper than people ever re- can be. A lot deeper than people ever realize, especially when in World War II when we were dealing with a lot of stuff. Uh, even before World War II, and it was very controversial if we should ever like enter it or not. You mm-hmm. had these comic book heroes who were talking about like you know, maybe you shouldn't be so mean to Jewish people. Like, the, the, these, yep. these things that were out there... Controversial take. Controversial yeah, take, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean... I mean, di- Captain difference. America was fighting Hitler before we were fighting right. Hitler. Yep. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was all these things that, that are out there, and, like, I was trying to tell, like, somebody, like, in the early 90s, before we would call it white privilege, Superman had a story about that, yeah. you know? It's um, in that like, book right there. Um, yep. Superman yeah. and philosophy. So th- there was stuff that's out there that people don't realize is there. And we bring in Winter Soldier talking about where is our lines between security and, you know, patriotism right. and right. you know ex- what are we giving up? What do we get? Things like that. That's a conversation you can have. And that's one of the reasons why I like sci-fi and things. We can kind of take ourselves out of our element mm-hmm. and go to the same issues and kind of come at it fresh. And I think Iron Man with the whole PTSD aspect is a way of entering that conversation without having right. to go to a lot of films that are kind of dealing with it a little on the nose in right. our society. Yep. Um, and I thought, and also 
with a character, you don't really have that with a lot of characters in comic book films. It's usually our hero. They're always mighty. You know, uh, the DC approach to it, they're always great. You know, right. you don't really see right. the flaws. And I, I really appreciated that aspect of it. We, we didn't really get so much of an Iron Man movie. We have a Tony Stark movie. Yeah. And that's what I kind of yeah. like about Iron Man 3. I understand it. It's not what you expect. It's not what you want. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. So He has like yeah. two panic attacks in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think one of my issues with Iron Man 3, and it touches on that, is that the PTSD angle stuff, that was great, but ends up being resolved when he basically realizes how awesome he is. Yeah. yeah. And it was like... That's the comic part of it. Okay. <laughs> okay um, I'll give so, you that. And the ending of it, too, I think is pretty weak as well. All the but, suits um, showing up. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't a fan of that. So, I mean, there's all these other aspects. That's why it's not right. in my... My lead, like Winter gotcha. Soldier, is definitely just like the like the powerhouse. I think of that phase. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I'll, I'll just reiterate that Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite yeah. of this group. Winter Soldier is a close second, just because I think that these movies are their best when they speak to the world outside of the MCU and aren't right. completely cloistered within the logic of that world. And Winter Soldier, in the way that it addressed what we were doing as the United States around the world, I yeah. thought was really interesting, both internally and externally. Um, but Guardians is easily, to me, yeah. the most fun of the all yeah. all of the Marvel movies. Like Ooh, more from so beginning than to end, I think it hits like the right. Well, I mostly, I can't put Ragnarok ahead of it because I think that it borrows from Guardians so heavily. Like mm. I don't think okay. Ragnarok would have existed. There was a blueprint for yeah. what you could and couldn't exactly. Do. Yeah, that makes sense. in the same way that I like. I can't be too happy with any of the movies that just completely bite. Iron Man in the same way like you kind of have to pay homage to Iron Man first okay Um, but Guardians to me is easily the most fun one Uh, Chris Pratt is a revelation in that one and then we realized that all he can really do is be self-deprecating after that movie but (laughs) in that moment we were like holy crap is this a new movie star like it was all very exciting at the time the only things that I don't like about it are that it hides pretty much all of the actors of color underneath just mounds and mounds of makeup and kind of feeds into that same thing that we're just starting to get out of yeah uh with these genre films where like dave batista half filipino he's mm-hmm. hidden under like gray green skin as drax zoe saldana i'm not sure what her entire ethnic background is but mm-hmm. she's also hidden underneath mounds of green makeup and just kind of making like people of color be aliens in this movie is the only thing that makes me uncomfortable about it but otherwise right. it's fantastic the soundtrack is great yes there's so much to like about this movie right. Gar- guardians aside from thor i mean brought us to asgard but we really hadn't i think had a concept of the marvel's universe universe right. for sure of, of space yeah guardians is our foot into the door of that which i think is they needed to do that because they had to go to space at some point they needed mm-hmm. to bring this whole idea into us and i think that's why uh guardians is, is pretty pretty uh important it's like kind of a linchpin Absolutely. for that universe and so it's it, i mean it's hard for me to choose between them two because I, I will totally back that it is the most fun yeah out of that entire definitely the most fun you yeah no my favorite part about guardians is is vin diesel showing up at all the premieres and people being like why is he here <laughs> vin diesel's yeah. in this movie <laughs> yeah. It's the best part. Or the What's <laughs> weird is he still voices Groot, and they then just modulate his voice. Yeah. Like, just yeah. get a different actor. Why are Dude, you paying Vin Diesel still? He gets He checks. shows up he smiling at the prim- It's the best. Oh, my God. But it also, you know, one of the big things that I think people didn't think would work was they have two full CGI characters in it mm-hmm. that are part of the team, and you yeah. don't feel like it at all as you're watching it. No. I mean, Rocket, again, like, looking at it, you like until you see the behind the scenes footage when it is 
a green thing right there, mm-hmm. you would never think that they that that character is not on Because even set. his fur looks really good. Even when he yeah. gets wet, the fur looks great. Yeah. It, it's, it's a... a yeah. yeah. It's great. The prison breakout yeah. scene is like one yeah. of my favorite scenes in oh, all of so the fun. MCU. That's and great. James Gunn does a great job with these movies. Mm-hmm. He, well, his, he's really funny and it comes out in his films. His brother actually oh plays Rocket in, in that film. He also plays Craglin yeah, and all that. Does. And I'm totally spaced on the guy's name. Uh, uh, Sean Gunn? Sean Gunn, yeah. who actually is Kirk from Gilmore Girls. Yeah. If anybody oh, else man. wants there, to... There it is. Yeah, you were waiting for that, <laughs> Wait, weren't waiting you? Waiting for a Gilmore yeah. Girls deep cut. But also I think another character face too, it was... It was the Russo brothers getting an opportunity to do this. It was James Gunn. Yep. It was really the start of Marvel giving these people opportunities to make these films who really hadn't done anything close to it before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were successful, so it helps that you can. That's that, how you bring that definitely in helps. a Ryan Coogler. You bring in whoever else to do movies later on because mm-hmm. you brought in these other people and they've been really successful. Yeah, with me, Phase Two. I mean, it is tough because like there were definitely some stinkers in Phase Two. Thor: The Dark World. Like, it gave us the ether. Cool. It gave us Malekith. Cool. I've tried watching like, the Dark World. Good on World. you remembering the villain's name. I didn't yeah. even remember that. Yeah. Okay. I've tried watching Dark villain. World again. I still have no idea what happened in that it, film. It is, they it kill Rene Rousseau. They do. That's what they do in that movie. Okay. It yeah. probably been better, better off as like a Thor, Loki sort of buddy film, yeah. but it's not. No. And it's him and Jane Foster and yeah. the ether's inside of her body and no one can touch her. It was just it was it was rough. Ant Man, yeah, I like Ant Man just, just man. for what it is. Like that is the thing is like it is not going to be one of these big tentpole movies. It was just a fun movie that takes place in the Marvel universe. It's a heist film that takes place in the Marvel universe. Yeah, I felt they were banking on um, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd being kind of kind of how like Tony Stark is in the Iron Man films. We'll just have mm-hmm. this character be like quippy and all that. And it's kind of, we've already done that with Iron Man. You right. can't like just repeat it again. Yeah. With a different suit, so uh, and I, yeah, they just then they just didn't put enough effort into the rest of the story. My problem with Ant Man is that Edgar Wright tried to develop this thing for years because yeah. he had a real connection to that character and wanted to tell that heist story, and then he eventually had to leave because the MCU didn't want to let him do what he wanted to do anymore, and he wouldn't made Baby Driver instead. And after yeah. I watched Baby Driver, I was like, oh, Ant Man should have been better. Yeah, yeah, Ant Man should have been yeah. way better. Yeah, yeah. But my favorite in Phase Two. I mean, kind of samesies. Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. I think yeah. this was the best fight choreography we have ever oh, yeah, seen. Oh, that elevator. The yeah. elevator scene. The freeway scene. He fights Batrock the Leaper. George St. Pierre played him. And I was like, again, Batrock the Leaper? Really? They're, like The fact that he is in a movie. And it was just, yeah, so the fight choreography was great. Like Tim said, it was a spy movie. Like, this is not just a comic book movie with some outlandish villain. This is a spy movie. Like, and it was just so solid. It is one that I've gone back and watched probably more than any of the other ones. Just because it just, you can just put it on and it is awesome. And you got Robert Redford holding it down with S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Which he's just great. That was great. He's great. That was really good. Yeah. Uh, So moving on to the current phase, Mm -hmm. phase three. Starting off with... Captain America Civil War in 2016, Doctor Strange 2016, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 2017, Spider-Man Homecoming 2017, and Thor Ragnarok 2017. And in 2018, as of right now, Black Panther and Avengers Infinity War. So Phase 3, now they really start layering everything. Now everything is culminating to one point, as opposed to the first two phases where it was like, we're building the universe. 
Now it is, we have built the universe, and we are culminating towards one thing. So, phase three, what are your initial thoughts, Tim? On phase three? Yeah, on phase three, and kind of, when you were going in, like, when these ones started coming out, Uh now that you knew the Marvel method, what were your thoughts every time a new one? I felt like they find their groove. They had found their groove, Mm -hmm. uh, not only with casting and directors, but with the, the type of themes they wanted, the type of stories they wanted to tell. Um, they it, and it, it was less uh, of, of I don't want to say taking big gambles, but they it felt like you know you ever watch LeBron play and you're like he gets in the zone and you're like no one can guard that guy. He just mm-hmm. back to the basket, yep. turnaround jumper, dunks everything. And it felt like they were in there in that zone with Phase Three. A lot mm-hmm. of really good movies yep. hit. Um, the it, it started to become a real brand and something that people came to see. They came to see Marvel movies. They became like these event movies, more so than they were in the first two film, the first two phases. Um, and and it it's it's helped them. It's helped them be better filmmakers and and produce better films and be able to reach out and get someone like Ryan Coogler. Like even the whole yeah. Black Panther process, like mm. going after Ava DuVernay that didn't work out and bringing in Coogler and like because my fear with Black Panther was they weren't going to support this film. It was going to yep. be this weird film to sort of like. And they didn't. They handled it like... Because we kind of saw that else. with Ant-Man. So, yeah. Like with Ant-Man, we heard about the controversy when Edgar right. Wright left and all of these things. It came out. They did some marketing. And then it just kind of faded away. Right. It so, was none of that. Was yeah, none no. of that. So yeah, that was it. And my favorite movie is probably Black Panther out of that. Out of the mm-hmm. Phase 3. It just was something I never thought I'd ever see. Yeah. Um, if I did see it, I think it was going to be like this. Um, and, and everything that came with the film, the the the, the hype was was there, and it it paid off. Mm-hmm. Coogler was great, a great villain. Um, some of what we saw in, I think, and much we were talking about before, right? Um, with Iron Man and people stealing stuff from Iron Man and stealing stuff from Guardians, seeing a villain like Killmonger, and then seeing some of that play off in Thanos Infinity War, where you're, mm-hmm. you're you're sort of curating these villains who aren't necessarily. Their methods are terrible, but yes. <laughs> the reasons for them aren't, and and making them villains that are approachable and you kind of understand where they're coming from instead of like I just want to wear an Iron Man suit and I want to I want to run the business, or I <laughs> yeah. want revenge. It's not that. It's, mm-hmm. it's they're much more layered, and I thought it helps the movie because it gives the hero something to go up against. It's not just like a regular person. Mm-hmm. So Black Panther is definitely my pick for it. for Phase Three. Phase Three, yeah. All right. What you got? So, again, I, 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 I'm going to have to echo Tim on a lot of stuff. I'm not going to choose Black Panther. It's okay. And mm-hmm. uh, though I don't watch football, so I didn't get that whole LeBron thing. But, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. All right. Oh, uh-huh. boy. Uh, one of the most famous people on the planet. Yeah, yeah. I know. Nick's heard that joke so many times. Sorry. Uh, but, um, yeah, third phase is a charm, yeah. right? I mean, it's yeah. like they, they try, really try to pick it. any film out of this that didn't work even dr strange which probably is a little not the most popular out of them mm-hmm. still worked yeah. so right. um gosh it's 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 a toss-up between kind of ragnarok and and infinity yeah. wow to be quite what? honest wow. wow wait because you're saying black panther's off the table because tim chose it yeah, well, we all picked Winter Soldier. Wow. <laughs> cool. So you're just doing this for the takes. Your real one is Black Panther, though. Um, <laughs> I know Black Panther's going to be your favorite. Right, um, and I'll if, be able to look you in the eye later. To be fair, right. though, I liked a, most of those movies on there. Like It could have yeah. easily yeah. been Ragnarok or Spider-Man Homecoming. The thing is, if you ask me tomorrow, I'll say Black Panther. If you ask me the day after that, I might even say Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like Phase 3 is tough. Like, they, they're how really... do you pick? Yeah, um... You know what? And I'm like, okay, so here we go. Official. Official? Infinity War. I okay. think I'm going to have okay. to throw Infinity War oh, in there. No. 
as oh, as the top one. Yeah, I know. This I, I have a feeling what's going to happen later. Oh, uh, just for all you listeners, tease. Uh, it's going to get real. But um, yeah, I'm I'm going to have to throw Infinity War in there maybe as my as my top one for this phase three right now. Okay. And and I'm going to explain a little deeper as to why later. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Fair. Okay. Nick. So, in picking the best films of the set of movies Mm -hmm. i think that you can go one of two ways you can look at them individually and say that this is a great chapter in the mcu right or you can look and say like this is the one that contributed the most or like harnessed the most from the mcu to happen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in that way i think that dyer's pick of infinity war of black panther is at least defensible however i don't agree with that way of thinking about these and black panther is very clearly not only the best movie in the mcu but like the best movie of 2018 and maybe the most original and like most zeitgeist capturing movie that I've seen in years. I don't even know the last time I saw a movie that spoke to issues in the world that just don't get enough shine in, in film at large. Like the, the way that they tell a diasporic story within Killmonger is so groundbreaking. And like, so many people feel seen and heard because of Eric Killmonger that I don't yep. I don't know how you pick any other movie above this one. Ryan Coogler is a genius. Yeah. I think the only things that you can do with Black Panther is nitpick a little bit with the CGI, but that's mostly just because it's a comic book movie and you have to do the CGI. Right. Yeah. It's easily... There, there's cons- not a practical way to have two people falling down into a vibranium yeah. mine shaft. In panther suits. In panther yeah. suits. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, just, you cannot do that. In panther suits that are also supposed to glow if you hit them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like... Um, um, I think that conceptually, philosophically, ideologically, this movie is leaps and bounds ahead of anything on there except maybe Winter Soldier. That's like yep. a second place to me. But even yeah. then, it's so far ahead. Like, it cannot be understated how much Black Panther is a groundbreaking movie. And the fact that so many people have seen it and continue to go back and see it, I think is the best endorsement of how this thing as a standalone character within the MCU has been able to capture an audience. Unlike any of the other ones right. on here, like, uh, you, can, you can not watch any other movie and just watch that and get it and be like, Oh, I get what's happening. Watching, yep. watching Black Panther for me was like when I watched the wire and then I couldn't watch crime procedurals after that. Like, <laughs> yeah, you watch Black Panther yeah. and you're like, Holy crap, the superhero movie is not it doing it. Broke you. Right. Yeah. It's not doing enough. Well, that goes mm-hmm. back to kind of what we were saying earlier is a lot of people kind of explain away comic books and comic book films and mm-hmm. not understand the larger kind of literature background that these things have. We were just having this conversation before you guys got in. Here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and Black yep. Panther is probably the most ideal example of that uh, right. out of yeah. uh, out of all these films, probably more so than Winter Soldier that we brought up. Right. Um, so, yeah, I would totally I can't I can't argue any of that. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, with me. Got to be Black Panther. Yeah. I mean, this is, again, a film that growing up reading comics, growing up being part of something where I was not represented, seeing all of those different things, to think that there would be a movie like this and that it has this much legs, again, like 12 weeks into its run and it is in top five nationwide Mm -hmm. is madness. Absolute madness. And so just, yeah, culturally, it is incredible. And not just that, but the, the movie itself is solid. And it is one of the only ones, maybe Guardians, where, yeah, you can watch it outside of the MCU and be like, that was a solid movie without needing to know absolutely everything and what it ties into. Like, it just, it worked on so many different levels. The soundtrack was incredible. The costuming was incredible. I had little gripes, yeah, with the CGI. The rhinos did not really have any weight to them. 
Yeah. But those are so few and far between mm-hmm. as to what other things <clears throat> this film did. Right. So, yeah. Because there's a way to do Black Panther and make it a, like a, a stupid mm-hmm. crash him up movie if you wanted yeah. to. Make it a placeholder where like, okay, you'll yeah. see him again in Infinity War. All you really needed to learn here was that Wakanda has cool tech in order to get right. into right. the next yeah. movie. And they blew that out of the water. And Bucky they took somewhere that, over there. And like, right. <laughs> it, it just goes so much deeper than that. And mm-hmm. that's what's so amazing about that movie. Easily my favorite. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic movie. Uh, so all of those three phases led us to the movie that all of us just saw recently Avengers Infinity War, the villain that had been teased since the attack in New York in the first Avengers, all of the gems that had been teased since the first appearance of them, which was Captain America. Uh, yeah, because Hulk did not have one. Iron Man did not have one. Actually, no, Thor. Thor was the first because mm-hmm. Thor came out before Captain America. So Thor had the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I could have sworn Captain America had the Tesseract. Captain America, wasn't Red Skull trying to get his hands on that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Thor. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. First Thor Keeping is the, the stone destroyer. straight is really hard. For yeah, the me. first Thor, he weird. lands it in like the desert. Jane Foster finds him. He fights a big robot. The destroyer. Yeah. That's about yeah. it. Yeah, That's he tries to get his hammer. Yeah. He loses his powers. Yeah. Gotcha. There was a stone in Dark World. See, now we no we just need like a flow chart for this. Right. Yeah. Either was in Dark World. Listeners, yeah. give us a break while we get the whiteboard out. And right. Figure this out. So yeah. So seeing all these different gems, seeing all these different things, these villains behind villains, and who is controlling who. Avengers Infinity War, who wants to set this one up? Mm. Set up like what happened in the movie? Or? Yes, the plot. set up the movie. Um, I think that uh, Tony Stark said it best when uh, a guy from outer space is trying to steal Doctor Strange's necklace. <laughs> That's basically what the movie is, right? Like Thanos, the big bad who's been hiding in a, uh, a very luxurious armchair for most of this thing, sending nice. other people mm-hmm. to do his dirty work, mm-hmm. is now getting out of the chair and trying to gather these gems himself. Uh I think as implied by you seeing a glove with six slots in it in the first act, mm-hmm. he is successful by the end of the movie. Yep. And uh, I think spoiler free, that's all I can really say. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. That, that pretty much sets yeah. up, sets up the movie. But, the, uh, but we're looking at like three different stories in the movie. M- yeah, yeah. Three or there's four. Three or four. There's four. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> they essentially there's... have to weave the entire Marvel universe right. together. So whether you're out in space or you're mm-hmm. in New York right. yet again, we're going to bring every single universe together right. in this one film. Yeah. So it's like it, kind of four different stories and they're all sort of intertwined and end up mm-hmm. with Thanos and his Black Order, the children of Thanos, trying to obtain these mm-hmm. jewels so he can balance the universe quite nicely. And that was one of the things where the interesting twist that they did with Thanos with his character, as opposed to the comics, where he was the mad titan. Right. You know, he was a flat out villain. The reason he wanted to balance the universe and kill half of them was to essentially give Mistress Death some flowers. To be like, <laughs> look what I did for you. I have a crush on you, Death. Here yeah. are a, half the universe's souls as a present. So I understand why they did not go that route. Yeah, I don't think that plays well. In, in the yeah, film. it does not play well. And you, I had to go into this knowing, just like with all of these movies, it was not going to be the comics. You were, we're not going to have Silver Surfer. We're not going to have Mistress Death. We're not going to have Mephisto, who is a literal devil uh, from the comics. The X-Men aren't anywhere near this. The X-Men, you cannot have Adam Warlock. So I I knew that. But it was weird that they made Thanos like the sympathetic Titan as opposed to the mad Titan. Was he sympathetic? Almost. He was basically population control. I would say he's very sympathetic, but he's still mad. Oh, he's still crazy. But they took that weird angle where they were like, 
he basically realized an overpopulation problem on Titan, and he was like, I talked to the council, and they wanted to get blah, blah. I just wanted to kill everybody and bring balance, and it was like, okay. Okay, but cool. Was- I'm glad you went that deep into his philosophy, because... I do not think he's at all like sympathetic. I don't think he's sympathetic he's, at he's all. He's got the philosophy of like a thirteen-year-old emo teen. Like, <laughs> yes, he, it's he's, very surface he level. He sees but. one problem, which is people don't have enough food, and thinks that he needs to kill people in order for there to be more food. That makes no sense. Yeah, right. Yeah. You still have to cultivate it. He wants to you kill still need life a government to save and life. laws. Yeah, and yeah. furthermore, he seems like a pretty well-traveled dude. If he's been to other places, he probably sees that the reason why people are hungry is because economies and laws keep food from getting to people, mm-hmm. not. Right. a lack of food yeah There's like not too many his people. entire philosophy makes no sense and he's been so many places in the universe how does he doesn't mm-hmm. see this yeah. emphasis it's on so the annoying. Mad but he, part but he, he's it, clearly right. mad and hard-headed like this is nope i don't care this is my goal i'm doing it anyway even if it yeah. harms me he's got it that, harms people around me i'm just gonna do it and that it's emo dangerous teen thing of like yeah. no i'm the only one who gets it yeah he yeah. says okay, that sure, you were never buddy. my age sure Thanos. <laughs> he says that too like i'm the one who understands what's happening well maybe that's the problem no so you're telling me that had this thought they grew out of it as you should too so you're saying that the parts of the film that we have not seen that probably got caught or, or cut are essentially Thanos hanging out on his home planet, listening to a lot of sunny day real estate, yeah. <laughs> planning <laughs> planning out his, his entire Infinity Stones thing. No, he's on a message board feeling like he's left out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't love me. Right. They don't yeah. understand me. They banned me from another board. You know what? I'm going to kill everybody. He's on like yeah. one of those subreddits that's a replacement <laughs> yeah. for a subreddit that oh, got gosh. banned. Exactly. Yeah. Probably a pretty good way. That's to put what it. he's doing. He's on 4chan hanging out. But it's 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 interesting that we're all talking about Thanos right now because I, I feel like after watching this film, after just as Civil War wasn't mm-hmm. really like a Captain America film, it was really kind of like an Avengers film. Mm-hmm. This wasn't an Avengers film. No. This was a Thanos yep. film. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is why we're probably here talking about whether or not he's sympathetic or not, or how crazy he is, and mm-hmm. and the flaws in him, because they kind of put him forefront of this entire story and all the characters that we get, which is probably the perfect way to do it, because putting all of these characters into one film is so crowded and hectic, it just it it's hard to make that even work, mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. following the villain kind of is a nice little he trick. Was, he was tool. our guide. Right. all of these things yeah where the people went he was either just there or he was going to get there yeah and that was an interesting i mean yeah they that was an interesting choice and i think we needed a movie about thanos because seeing him in the background was cool but to actually see what he was doing what he was up to and like one of my favorite things about him this is not <sighs> the steppenwolf type thing. Oh, right. thank you for mentioning that. Where he is not just a giant dude who throws haymakers. Seeing how fast and lithe and athletic Thanos is mm-hmm. was terrifying. Like he laid hands on Hulk. And that was like that opening when you Are see Oh, spoiler territory. Are no, no, this is just this is like right in the beginning. Okay. You know, so we will this this will be an odd episode. Uh, where we will go into spoilers, but I will time code it so the people listening who have not seen it can go back and listen. Um, but yeah, basically, like Thanos lays hands on Hulk, and when you watch him actually fight, that mm. was the type of villain we have not seen before. When normally we see these giant, over-the-top villains, right. just haymakers, whether it's Bane or Steppenwolf or oh, babe, Bane Doomsday. Bane sucks. Depends on which Bane you're, you're looking at. Bane what are you talking Bane. about? But wait, come out. Bane from Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. He wears Batman out. He and does. And then he fights him again. When you watch him, 
Like he is not this. He is not a fighter. He is a brawler. And that is the thing. Thanos is a fighter. He he did look like he had skills into what he was doing, which I think is a credit to. And, and thank you for bringing up Steppenwolf because it was it was nauseous how terrible that CGI was. God, it was oh, yeah. Gosh. The and red Thanos skies. is so well God. done. Yeah, me a huge uh, like basher on CGI. I uh-huh. don't like it. Thanos was like 98% spot on perfect and to make him do essentially like I don't like martial arts moves essentially as he is fighting he's just so much he's so well that DC take a hint seriously at this Uh, they're not going to how well (laughs) done that was it was very impressive and well done Um, yeah and and definitely kudos I mean Josh Brolin like Josh Brolin was pretty terrific in that role Mm -hmm. Because no matter how much CGI mapping and everything, you still have an actor doing that mm-hmm. and saying things. Yeah. And what is pretty awesome is when you... I love the behind-the-scenes stuff, as anybody who listens uh, knows that. When you watch the behind-the-scenes and you see Josh Brolin in the ping-pong ball suit, mm-hmm. and he has a big stick behind him with Thanos' head <laughs> to, give, to give the actors an idea of like how tall, like basically where to look. So you see Josh Brolin looking all intimidating with this big stick and <laughs> Thanos' head above him. But like, it goes back to Josh Brolin's performance. Like... You can have all the best DJ in the world. You still have to have a good actor. Right. He is very good, but there's a moment, um, probably like two thirds of the way through Uh when they really, it's a moment in the film where they challenge the audience to see whether or not you're on board with Thanos and whether Mm. or not he's kind of earned that moment. And I think you know which one I'm talking about where he needs to get a thing and has to pay a certain price for it. Yes. And we got to that moment and I could sense in the theater that I was in that they hadn't earned that. And I felt the exact same way where yeah. when that thing happened, and maybe we can get into this later, but when it happened, I was like, really? That's how we're going to do this? Yeah. And then... I can't disagree. And then what? Mm-hmm. You know? Because like, we're going to take the sad guy and make him sadder somehow, and that's supposed to make this more significant? Like, right. I was way off board with Thanos. I, 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 hmm. I thought that hmm. Josh Brolin did about as well in that role as anybody could, but at the end of the day, you are dealing with this big purple guy who is fighting people for fun because the scale of how good he is as a fighter changes in every scene based on who he's matched up against. Like he lays a punch on captain America that somehow doesn't just shatter his skull. Yeah. That, that was something that, cause yeah, I mean like when he went toe to toe, we take, we, he takes on the Hulk, Hulk in the first couple minutes yeah, yeah. and like takes him down. Yeah. Right. I mean like you hit him with some combos and then yeah, like does like one right hook to cap. And, and by the way, selfishly, I, I had made a prediction as to what was going to happen in that fight before the movie, so I was hoping for a certain outcome, and uh, we didn't get that. I, know, uh, I, think, yeah, I think a few people had some predictions. <laughs> yeah. I saw some deep dives on YouTube. They were like, well, if you look at the hint of glow in Steve's eyes, maybe he has a stone inside of him. And he and I was like, what? Steve was the soul stone the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I, like, That's people, why no one could find it. People were going <laughs> deep. Swallowed it. So, so anyway, in the movie, we see people split up into multiple different areas multiple different paths they're on different missions on different missions one is protection one is diversion one is attack all of these different things how do you think they actually balanced all of those different storylines i thought they did it well like even when they cut to the guardians like it's the music it feels like a guardians movie Mm -hmm. and um the, the vibe of the Guardians movies is, is in there. And then they cut to Wakanda. It feels very much kind of like a Civil War, Black Panther vibe. Um, 
and then you have Thanos' journey, and then the stuff on Titan just feels like something I've never seen before. So right. it worked, because it, they all felt different. They all felt the same. Maybe, maybe it would have been a bit weird, but it, they all kind of felt like different films I was watching. I was getting very Spider-Man 3 vibes when we were 45 minutes in and still introducing people. Yeah. I was like, yeah. really? Man, we got we to start up a whole other thing again? We're we getting a new like location tag at the bottom of the screen yeah. again? Like I, those, I those, don't care what planet we're on right now. Just give me the characters. It is yeah. like, two hours, 40 minutes yeah. long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is long in there. Uh, I think part of that we've already hit... Um, with Than- this being Thanos' story. That's partially, mm-hmm. I think, how you get all these timelines to work. Yeah. But as this film on its own, and this isn't going to give anything away, but on its own, this film doesn't work. It only works mm. because we just spent 10 years <laughs> right. with Iron Man and with Thor and with the Guardians of the Galaxy and a little bit with Spider-Man. Like all these other- we don't really spend any time with these characters to really do anything with them we're already there with them mm-hmm. if that if this film had just come out and and they you know marvel decided we're going to do infinity war as a film on its own not introduce anything nobody would really be into this film i think as much as they are now you mean like justice league exactly like yep. justice league that's <laughs> yeah. a perfect example you have to earn it exactly you have to earn it and you have to spend time which is why i think they spend more time explaining away thanos in this film mm-hmm. because we've already gotten the backstory of thor and these other characters right which is why i think this film in a really weird way i don't think anybody's ever done this cinematically this film works in and when it shouldn't no. you know it, it, yeah. the franchise has essentially built a foundation for this to stand upon and i think that's why it kind of gets i'll you know, counter you that mm. harry potter 7 part 2 is yeah. basically the same thing where they're like okay we foregrounded everything oh, here's yeah. just two and a half hours yeah. of people shooting like lightning bolts at each other. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's that's very true. That's, and I think you're not the, the first person to tell me that. And then they also brought up Lord of the Rings. It's too. to the detriment of yeah. both of those movies. I think though, like even if another movie has given you the emotional weight for this one, I still need a reason to sit in a theater for three hours. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, give me give me something. And Thanos isn't enough for me because I want that guy to lose. I don't care why he's sad. I want him to be sadder because I want him to lose. <laughs> <laughs> him being sadder yeah. and then like still fighting the people I care about isn't particularly compelling to me. And to go back to the question of whether or not people got their shot and whether or not splitting up uh, all of the Avengers and various characters into different storylines worked, I don't think it did for like half of them. Because we sent Mm. some of the team to Wakanda where they were featured very prominently in the trailers. Like we had that trailer that was specifically built around them chanting on the battleground. And then... We get barely any Black Panther, not nearly enough Okoye or uh, Shuri. Mm -hmm. And I think that they clearly had no idea what Black Panther was going to be. And just the cultural phenomenon that it would be. Like, there are so many people who are going to see Infinity War hoping that Black Panther, like, punches uh, Thanos right in the face at some point. And they're going to be sorely disappointed. I know I was. Mm -hmm. Like, they use Wakanda as a prop, basically. Mm -hmm. They go there because the technology is good. And then they do nothing with the characters there. And, and that, I mean, I, that was incredibly disappointing to me. Yeah. Well, they haven't done anything yet. Yet. What yeah. do you mean yet? Well, I just watched a three-hour movie. <laughs> I, I, well, 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 you watched part two. You there's going to be a, there's <laughs> going to be another. Can we say that? That there's going to be yeah, another? Everyone okay. knows that. Yeah. All right. So there's another film coming down the line. Next year. Yeah. And yeah. There's a thing called it's the Time like they Stone. didn't have space, though. You know. True. I, again, I think, I think you're right. I think they didn't know what Black Panther was. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it will probably look different in the next movie. I think it very well could, but one of the things, speaking of Wakanda, so Alan Silvestri, who did the music for this, genius. He was able to weave every single person's 
individual theme from their movie into this movie. And even when Cap is first saying, when they're like, oh, if only we had a place where the technology could get this thing and help Vision. And Cap was like, I know of a place. And you hear just, and you hear these yeah. drums. Yeah, you hear Luke Ligg's like, uh, Black Panther theme. Like that. That's actually the only so, time I noticed that, though. When did yeah. they do that with the other characters? Oh, and Captain like Captain America, they use his from Captain America. Like, like he's behind yeah. the train. Well, yeah, Sylvester yeah, did first Avenger, that. and yeah, I think he also did um, Avengers. Yeah. yeah, the first. So he did Captain America, the first Avenger, and then the first Avengers film. It's funny you bring this up, and so I'm going to push back a little bit on Ooh. this. I didn't like the music in this. Really, film. I didn't. I thought it was way too on the nose Hollywood style. So it's mm. almost so like. Um, and it's it's all the music is essentially credited for Thanos. So when Thanos shows up, it's just like womp womp womp. I did not. I was not in Give me the stones. to that. Yeah. Whereas we we came off of uh, Black Panther and that had a great little score for it. Oh, Avengers yeah. has some pretty good music, which Sylvester is part of himself. Mm-hmm. With this film, I just thought it was kind of like okay, we have a bad guy, we bring in the the, the trombones. Okay, mm-hmm. and we got a good guy. Let's let's get some like you know trumpets, trumpets, and exactly. Right. It's just a little bit too cliche. Interesting. For me, that's okay. I just I personally felt it, but it was distracting. Anytime Thanos shows up, it is just like turmoil. Like, I actually had that same realization during when I was sitting through that like ten minute credits in order to get to the post credit scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, this is a really forgettable score. Actually, like I don't yeah. know at any point when like this came in or yeah. out. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting through a lot of it now, and it's not that great. And I feel weird saying it because he's already proven himself pretty well with those two other films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For this one, the film that I just you know hyped up so much, just, <laughs> I mean, like the music wasn't really wasn't a winner for me. Interesting. I think yeah. that to weave what to do what he did and to weave all those together, it might not have worked as cohesively, you know, as one. Like we're, I mean, it sounds like what we are all kind of talking about, which is this movie by itself. You know, if it if you did not know that that was Captain America's original song, mm-hmm. if you did not get some of the notes that he included from Thor, mm-hmm. you know, and all of that, then yeah, it would be a little bit disjointed and and not work. But you're well. you're right in that it was pulled off in giving those different themes better than like Justice League was, where it was super distracting that the Wonder Woman theme uh, yeah. came in during that. Yes. And you're like, what movie am I in now? And it was so loud. Yeah, it was really loud. Ah, Justice League. Yeah. It is not always about pushing something down to raise something up, but this shows you how to layer a story and how to build a story and take your time with the story. Yeah. You know. So, but going back to some of the the nitty-gritty stuff. Mm-hmm. One thing, and I actually, you know, we talked about it when I was a guest on, on the Northwest Nerd with Tim, is one of my issues with Black Panther was the CGI suit. And how they made it, you know, the nanotech and everything. Basically, because they did not... They wanted an easy way for actors to just walk around in regular stuff. And they can just put it all on and post. With this one, with the bleeding edge Iron Man armor, which is essentially what it is from the comics, and the Iron Spider mm-hmm. armor that yeah, we see, really cool. looks really cool in action. But when the actors are standing there next to people like Gamora or Peter Quill in like physical costumes, mm-hmm. it was so strikingly different that it just did not look right. Yeah, like Iron Man standing there, and you can even see it in some of the trailers. Iron Man standing next to Peter Quill, and he was like, "Okay, that's a good idea, except it sucks." Blah blah, and you see like the amazing costuming, 
and Tony Stark just it looks plastic because it just has way too much shine. Mm-hmm. Good good spot on this because the the CGI I thought was like I said Thanos pretty great. The, there were some points in this film, and the one that really drew it down for me is watching. Um, uh, I'm not sure if I can say this yet about the, the spoilers, but there is a suit in here which they put somebody's head in, mm-hmm. and it is just not oh, well yeah. done. Yeah. I mean, you could have just done a close-up of this person's head in something and yeah, done well. The faraway shot is bad. But they are next to all these other yeah. characters, so you yeah. have all these characters together. It's just kind of glaring yeah. in a way, and I, there, there was just these moments of CGI where I felt didn't work. And I pointed like in in Black Panther, one of the things that didn't do it for me is the the big shot upside the hill with the waterfall right. mm-hmm. and incorporating all the different tribes into the hillside. I thought that wasn't as well put together, in my opinion. And that's kind of on the level I'm looking at here with with right. the suit and incorporating somebody into it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that point. They could have maybe spent a little bit more time on that. Yeah. Weird, but to some of the characters that we hmm, try to think, because uh, we don't want to get into spoilers yet, who are the character arcs or who are the characters that you feel were kind of the best represented or that were the most fleshed out in this? Thor. Yeah, I was going to say Thor too because Thor gets a huge spotlight Thor. in this. And He's I got think, an emotional journey. He's got an actual physical journey he has to go on. Yeah. I was surprised yeah. with how much Doctor Strange was in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he has yeah, a big part. And he says one of the most Should critical lines, yeah. which we'll get into in spoilers. Um, but yeah, Doctor Strange surprised me with how much he was in it. I loved seeing how much Thor was in it. Uh, one of the Spider-Man was great. Yeah. Spider-Man was Tom Holland is just so winning. Oh God. Like when, when he says, uh, Oh, you know what? I can't say that thing, but he just so clearly captures like the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man that it makes me forget about the Andrew Garfield ones. And like, makes me look at the Tobey Maguire ones differently. You mean at the time those were like the best superhero movies. That was the movie. Yeah. 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 And now we have Tom Holland just like fitting so naturally who Peter Parker should be. He crushed the, I mean, again, one of my favorite parts and it was in the trailers um and he was like oh i'm peter and he was like dr strange he was like oh we're using our made-up names i'm, I'm, I'm spider-man, spider-man. Yeah. <laughs> like that and it was just was so great. quick and organic yeah. that was awesome and he's one of the characters that also fits the quippy writing that the, all of these right. movies have adopted yep. as well like it actually works for him whereas when dr strange is joking with people i'm like why are you doing this yeah it kind yeah. of falls flat you're yeah. a sorcerer come yeah. on yeah. a little more serious the wizard <laughs> which is every time he got called a wizard yeah. oh my god like, and you just you saw him. Just, mean from the you just saw him die a little bit inside. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. The uh, it's funny you bring up like which storylines stand out the most. Um, the note I made to myself on this was that the main Marvel characters really were really light. Yeah. On mm-hmm. this, the only thing lighter yeah. than them was uh, the the children of Thanos. The obviously, Black the big yeah. the, the big bads that they send around to fight people. I kind of wish they would have planted those in previous films a yeah. little bit more so that we could have spent some yep. time with them, but they're just there to look bad and do bad things. Yeah. And there's, the char- there's a big one, there's a fast one, there's one yeah, that looks exactly. like an elf, there's one that talks too things. much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need more Emity Ma in my life. He was great. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. But um, the the characters themselves mm-hmm. weren't really in this film as much. And part of that has to do with the, you know, I could... It has to do with all these weaving storylines the that have to do, and act. I could probably yeah. pick some out there. I think um, that Gamora was essential mm-hmm. yeah. to this yeah. film. I think, um, you know, obviously Scarlet Witch and the Vision had mm-hmm. a whole storyline under themselves that was more prominent than others. But for the most part, everybody there was just kind of, I mean, to be called in to film this film probably wasn't 
like too much of a headache because like you don't have a lot of time to share no. with everybody else going on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Captain America film, really wasn't in it. Yeah. They did ish. film both of these at the same time. So parts yeah. one and part two, like they they're done filming all of these. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we will really see because there were there were behind the scenes pictures from this that we did not see in this movie. And so it was like, okay, so that is definitely going to come back. And those things are definitely going to have a huge impact. But yeah, I, th- I think you're right that the big tentpole people yeah. were not as highlighted as people like Thor, which was a surprise. Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Gamora. If you were doing the Avengers Infinity War being like, I wonder who is going to have a bigger storyline. <laughs> right. Now, is that to its benefit or detriment, you think? I think it's to its benefit because yeah. you got some layered context i do think one of my big gripes the black order not developed enough at all they're pretty anonymous we we never even heard their names we know their names because we either read infinity the recent one by john hickman or you know just from the imdb page but like in the context of the movie not one person goes proxima midnight go after them ebony ma go after nothing yeah that was just they're just there in this case i'm kind of okay with that like i didn't want to spend any more time with the villains than i already did in this but i liked them because they were all they were all really good at what they were doing and they all had really great moments and it was like but we have no idea who they were they seem kind of paint by the numbers to me like i was i've you kind of get it like there's a big one there's a fast one there's one who does the talking like i was like okay cool this works for me psychic power (laughs) that's all i really need to know (laughs) Right. I actually thought that was pretty economical in the storytelling. Like, I'm glad they didn't go deeper into that for me. And there may have been some stuff that they just like, yo, we got to edit this out or we're going to have a yeah. four hour movie. Right. Now, John, you may know this more than me because the one thing I was curious about when I was trying to figure out, okay, we have the space storyline, we have some Earth storylines, we have mm-hmm. some stuff in between. And I was trying to think of, okay, Infinity War has been filming for how long? Black Panther has been filming for how long? And Thor Ragnarok, these are the three films closest together that kind of came out. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised to see as much of Thor in there because I was thinking, well, they had to have been filming this practically around the same time they were doing Infinity War and they had to have been trading these actors out in between film sets. Mm -hmm. I mean, was there any overlap between this? And then I was surprised that Captain America, was he in this as much as he should have been because he didn't really have a film as out as recent as these other stories. So, right. Like, I don't know. Do you know anything about the background of Not when really. these I films that, were filmed? I know that Thor had wrapped. I know that each of them had wrapped before they started Infinity War. Okay. Infinity War was so massive and they needed everybody. Right. Because they were doing two movies at once, a la Lord of the Rings and other ones like that. So I think they were pretty separated. Okay. But at the same time, like, they were still close enough where all those actors are on contract. So it was like, Okay, we need you back in else. two months. Yeah. You know, get over here. Um, with Thor, one of the deep cuts that I loved, uh, Stormbreaker. Uh, I don't I don't know if any of you guys know cut the Stormbreaker reference. Yeah. So Stormbreaker was Beta Ray Bill's hammer, his version of Mjolnir. Oh, that's why I looked like that then. So yeah, Beta okay. Ray Beta Ray Bill, he was the horse faced alien. He was a Corbinite. Okay. It's not a put down. He really did have a horse like face. Okay. Yeah, no. Legitimately. Well, I was actually curious because, and I'm going to totally get the, the hammers wrong, but Stormbreaker yeah. isn't necessarily the, the next hammer Thor gets. This is. No. Well, Stormbreaker was a totally separate thing. Stormbreaker right. was when. Yeah. When, when he. When Beta Ray Bill had 
attacked Thor at one point and then picked up Mjolnir after he lost his power. And then Odin pulled him to Asgard and was like, ah, well, you're worthy. And gave him his own hammer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, no, but after... This basically was the almost the ultimate version of, of Thor's hammer. Okay. So, like, a hammer and an mm-hmm. axe. Even his costume this time around, too. Well, yeah, he very, like very similar. Thor. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, so there a lot of different layered storylines. Now, the convergence of all of these. Okay. As Thanos is going on his mission and picking out all the stones... As it was building, did you feel like it was earning that tension? Did you feel like it was ramping up to the level that it should? I, f- I feel like Nick, you were the, you were the one who was maybe yeah. The, I had the a feeling that I would pathetic. I'd kind of be a vocal minority but. during this because I, I, I'll just say right now, like I did not enjoy this film. Mm-hmm. I wow, I didn't think it worked as a film. Like it's it's just straight up not. It's a really big ending to uh, a 20 episode television series like that's what it is hmm. with a way bigger budget obviously but right the, like if you hadn't bigger. watched the rest of season one yeah. you wouldn't know what's happening in this in this movie in the season like, finale it's it it fails in that way and by building around the story arc of thanos and like his emotionality i mm-hmm. think that's where it really fails because i he's there to be the villain i do right. not like him i don't care about what he's doing and why he's doing it and i think that his motivation for it as i've already said is the equivalent to having like the ideological rigor of what an emo teen would say <laughs> like it, at no point when uh, when one of the characters is thinking of different ways to do this or even mm-hmm. looking into different ways of doing this they never looked at a way of like can we talk to him and like <laughs> tell him why this is dumb because right. it's a really dumb plan that he has and uh that's what bothers me about this movie. Like, it, I think you can see by my other favorite Marvel movies, I like it when they can do things conceptually that are really interesting and and fun. Yeah. But this movie is not fun for me because the characters I do like are generally wasted, and I'm happy for those mm. actors. Like, get those paychecks. But right, I, there's there's one in particular who plays a uh, a dwarf, and yes. when he shows up, I was like, whoa, cool! And then they completely waste that actor, and I'm like, what? Why? Why? Why would they do that? Why would that's they do just, that to that him? That to and me they, was just Hollywood because it's like, can yeah. we get an actor to throw in here? And then like, okay, that's... Right. It's purely to make that seem more significant than it right. really is. Oh, right. absolutely. And, and I think yeah. that this movie cheats in a lot of ways in doing that. Yeah. And I don't think that it earns the emotionality like that scene that I was talking about earlier where Thanos mm-hmm. has to make a decision and he makes it. And the entire time you're like, yeah, he's going to make that decision. Yeah. He's been building up to this the entire time. There's no way he's not going to do it. Right. Hmm. And at, okay. that's that's why this movie doesn't work for me. They call it an Avengers movie, and it's really a Thanos one, and he doesn't earn it for me. Okay. What do you guys think? Are we, are we doing this? Because don't you have like a good, bad? Oh, I do. Bad. We're not doing the rating uh, yet. Okay. All right. But mainly, like when it comes to like the emotion and the tension, there are definitely parts of this. There's a scene with Scarlet Witch and Vision, where that was like I I felt myself like getting emotional yeah like it was really tense there's a scene also with spider-man like where it was super emotional super tense so like to me it was reson it resonated more than once like the tension the emotion and everything that it was building up to i felt like it it was earning it i would agree i would i would agree with i'm probably somewhere in between you guys i think it mostly does earn it because of people like Scarlet Witch and the Vision right. and the things that they're doing, um, I don't really expect much from Thanos because he is just a crazy bad guy. <laughs> right. And he's supposed to be, you know, and, and how many 
bad guys do we know from like reality that are crazy but are also smart in what they do you know it's like mm-hmm. so I, I just going to be off kilter yeah. one way or the other the other thing about this film is that I, I guess my going going into it might be another thing because going into this i figured everybody in the marvel universe minus the x-men um right <laughs> going into this this thing there's no way they're going to be able to do like every like the way that they were able to weave it all together but i there's no way they're going to be able to like get people to really have that much depth to them because they're gonna have to move on to the next person i wanted right. more scarlet witch and vision but then they yeah. had to move on to like oh no no, no here's captain america no no, no here's thor and mm-hmm. then here's the okay now we're going to uh do that thing with the person that you just referenced that we won't mm-hmm. mention right now mm-hmm. and then it's kind of like they just had to keep moving to the next thing because they had to fit all this into two hours and 40 minutes which is pretty actually impressive even though it's two hours and 40 yep. minutes so i guess i didn't really expect like a lot of i guess overall depth in it a lot of it really was surface level i thought the characters in this film actually for the most part were really light there's not really much going on with the marvel characters and that's kind of goes back to my previous point is the reason they i let them get away with that is because they just spent 10 years with me doing that right right and so when i go into this film like, I don't think I would have ever seen a film like this, and Justice League is a perfect example, where I would let it get away with that. Um, Interesting. And, but this yeah. film, for some reason, does, it. because yeah. the, I felt like they've just done it already before, and this is just doing stuff that I normally would critique a film, which is just action-packed stuff. My cool main stuff problem with the Vision and Wanda stuff is that we're almost supposed to care about them because they're there and the characters that we do care about care about them. Right. And I didn't really make that leap with the people who care about those two characters. Yeah. Like hmm. there's one point where a decision needs to be made about whether to, uh, to let one or many die in order to do something. And I was like, one easily one, <laughs> right? Like he's been here for 10 minutes do it yeah. <laughs> and that's not the choice they make and i was mm-hmm. like why are we doing this then why are we doing this we in the in the first act of the movie they make a point to say like the stakes are too high for us to have the same infighting that we used to have right and i thought that that felt a little bit like a cop-out where like after that every decision that was made was just went with and i think that that was to the detriment of the team basically mm. and the lives of very many wakandans so and that's a very good yeah. point too because that's something they could have played more with is we we've had the civil war how do we bring people together that's the issue we're still dealing with right didn't really go as much into that as they could have but i think that's because the two main people from civil war aren't together yeah yeah they, they've yet yeah. to meet up since then so i think when they of course eventually at some point have to meet up um we might get some of that tension as far as like what's the best way to handle that because mm-hmm. uh, tony's off doing his own thing and and cap is in wakanda so they haven't really had that can so i make like a prediction sure. they're going to do the exact same thing of the stakes are too high we're friends again right and they're going to be friends again yeah. like the first I'll five minutes up. it's kind of like when the when the Possibly. band's ready to get back together but the guitarist and the singer haven't spoke yet right yeah, right and everybody really the manager's like yeah but the money yeah man, yeah. we gotta yeah. do this reunion tour yeah. <laughs> yeah cool uh so yeah what we will do is we'll give our official rating okay. and then spend a few minutes in spoilers before we uh before we wrap up okay so if this is your first time listening to this show, if you are a longtime listener of Northwest Nerd and this is your first time checking out the About to Review podcast because you were like, I love Nick and Dyer. I want to listen to everything they do. So, of course, I'm going to listen to this episode. The rating system for this podcast, there are only three choices. There are no letter grades. There are no stars. Nothing. Three choices. Good, bad, or ugly. 
basically breaks down to a good film was something that you would recommend to somebody. A bad film was one that did not really do much for you, but you did not waste the two hours in the theater. Ugly, avoid at all costs. So, the two special guests first. <laughs> uh, dire, good, bad, or ugly? Your rating system is very hard for me, by the way. There's mm-hmm. little wiggle room here, so... And there is, there's not a good plus or a good I minus. I can't do it. It's a half a good, nope. half a no, Yeah, um, I'm going to... It's it's good. It's a good film. Go see it. Yeah. Okay. For mo- most of the reasons that I say, especially it's good if you've already spent the time with these characters for the last, since 2008 or so-ish. Yeah, so good. All right. <clears throat> Me? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, let's do this. I'm going to say bad. Wow. And <gasps> wow. I will expand a little bit by saying that if you're going to bring all of these characters together and make this thing seem so perfunctory to get what's going on in the story mm-hmm. then make the stakes matter because I'm not sure what the stakes of this movie are when we get to the end of it. And that's a huge problem for me. Like mm. You sit through three hours, you get to the end and you're like, Oh, well they can't do that. And you're like, you're left feeling like you kind of got cheated out of your time and attention a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. It feels very okay. much like a part one, which yeah. Yeah. is, again, like not how you do a good standalone film. Um, and yeah, bad. I'd say see it if you like the MCU and you want to be part of the conversation, but it's a bad movie. Wow. All mm. right. Tim Hall, People's Critic. Uh, it's a good for me. I mm-hmm. think it's 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 good seeing sort of the culmination of 10 years of filmmaking. Um, but I can't disagree. It's definitely a part one. Yeah. Um, the stakes are whatever. But I also think that's something that's true for most genre films. Mm-hmm. Like I, we were talking before we recorded, but like I'm, I'm watching Mission Impossible. I know Ethan Hunt is going to die. Yeah. Because he's Ethan Hunt. And so mm-hmm. I think that's just uh, something that I'm able to sort of deal with when I watch a horror film or a sci-fi film or whatever, that these people are going to be around, regardless of what I see on screen, right? There's, there's, you know, unless you see, even if you see, like, back to Justice League, even if someone <laughs> is buried and <laughs> dirt kicked on them, they will show back up because yep. that's that's the genre. Um, but I enjoyed it. I thought I had a lot of fun. I smiled knowing that people were going to be so pissed oh, at yeah. the ending. It gave me a smile. Like, yeah, people are gonna be so angry. Yeah, and I got, and it was the one film where, where people who have called me leaving the theater, like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yep, I got like four phone calls this weekend. They're like, well, here's the deal: this person, this person, yeah. and this person are still under contract, yeah. so they're gonna be back again. Yeah. This person already has a second film right. announced, so they're gonna be back. Right. Yeah. And I also think you know, and I, that's a very understandable gripe, but I think that's part of our culture now. We know so much more about these movies that's yeah. happening behind the scenes eight movies out that it, it starts to chip away at our our movie going fun experience because when we were kids we just went and saw movies i didn't know what schwarzenegger's contract was like for a movie or or who got cast and who got cut or what was happening mm-hmm. behind the scenes i just went and enjoyed terminator and that was it yeah. but we have so much information now that it sort of starts for to sure. erode at the the joy of going to see films sometimes i totally agree um my official rating for avengers infinity war right. is it good i mean i really like the movie I liked the emotional aspects of it, the fight choreography that we got to see. Some of it bothered me because the camera was real close and it was just uh, just a big muddy battle scene. But like the Thanos versus Hulk fight scene, as short as it was, it's was a standout. Was dope. Like that really was just cool. it was really solid. So yeah, it gets a good. Okay. Uh, all right. So let me write down the time code. So we'll let people know we're spoiling the movie now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, cause we got to talk about that ending. Got to talk about you the can't ending. really talk about. Yeah. There's a lot you can't really talk about. Okay. So without th- spoiling. So it. if you're listening, so in three, two, one, we're going to talk about spoilers. Three, two, 
one. Okay, so the people who died. <laughs> um, to, what deaths are we talking about? <clears throat> there's death. So, so, there's, so yeah, there's, yeah, there's, right? there's real right. death. I think the first two deaths that we see. So we see Hulk and Hemdall. Hulk doesn't die. Or sorry, Loki, uh, Loki, Loki. and Hemdall. Yeah, those guys are toast. Like they're not coming back. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 well, I think. But then we Thanos, also have a death with Gamora. Yeah, because Thanos turns to the camera after Loki dies and says, "There's no coming back this time." Or something like no resurrection. Yeah, no, no resurrection this time. Yeah. This time. yeah. So. So th- those two are toast. Yeah. I, th- I think those, which sucks, because Idris Elba as Hemdall. Yeah, was great. Let him go be Bond. It'll yeah, be fun. Like, I'm yeah. kind of glad that he, he gets to go do yeah, other things. Gets, I'm with <laughs> Nick. Go do something like, else. He was so wasted in that <laughs> role. I think. Yeah. I'm um, sure he enjoyed being on set. He's probably fun to be around. It's probably fun to show up at screenings. And be like, hey, you get to I'm keep in this that movie. wig. Yeah, right. The right. wig and the eyes, the contacts. Um, but yeah, I'm happy he gets to go do other stuff. Yeah. So the Gamora scene, that was one where I actually like. Yes, we kind of we we knew it was coming, but at the same time, when Thanos turns around, he has the tears, and Gamora was like, you know, ha, whatever. And spoil again, like we're already in spoilers, but Red Skull is like. Those tears aren't for him. So Red Skull is the person sort of on this planet, the guardian. Kind of guarding the soul stone, but really he just, he is guarding it only because he cannot acquire it. Right. Like he has nothing like to curse. offer it. Yeah, he's yeah. almost like the ferryman yeah, on exactly. that planet. He's like, I can get you there, but I can't actually like, get the thing myself. Right. Right. So that, that was he's pretty cool. He's been there the whole time just hanging out? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. He's only been like, what, 70 years, 80 years? <laughs> That's, That's a bad. long time. He learned a lot. Ghost or a wraith. Yeah. You got things to do. Yeah. I was. Th- I thought for a second, and I mean, probably other people thought this too. When I saw that, I was like, "Are they actually going to bring in death?" Yeah. Because that was what, what that was what it looked like. Yeah. That was what she wore, and I was like, and then like, and it, I mean, kind of looks like death because it's all skeletal. Yeah. But, like that would have been a pretty cool yeah. way to introduce her. But uh, t- now that now that we've fully spoiled that thing, like, yes. the thing that doesn't work in that <clears> scene for me is that. The people telling the story, like the Russo brothers, right. want you mm-hmm. to believe that Thanos really did love Gamora. Yes. And right. I think that that is a huge leap, and that's why I don't think that they earned that. Like, I he agree. certainly has an affection for her, and right. like, mm-hmm. I, I love my dog because, like, I've had it for a long time, and it's been close to me, and like, I have a familial-like connection to it. Right. But do I love my dog? I don't think so. And could I trade its soul for yeah. something else? Like, Gamora is not a daughter to him he's a he's she's a weapon she's a plaything we saw that in the relationship that he had to nebula where they were brought in in similar situations he straight up abused both of them and has a very twisted version of love but cosmically we're supposed to believe that his like abusive love is still love and that's why i don't think that scene works um understandable but two things to that one thing was i think what you're on the nose about is what we've seen in the movies is gamora's emotion towards Thanos. We've never seen it the other way. Mm. So it was hard to buy that. Her yeah. emotion is like she hates him, she doesn't want to be around mm-hmm. him. She wants to when kill you him. See, when you see so, her quote unquote kill him the first yeah. time and you see her like break down. Yeah. So she's the only one carrying that yeah. emotional sort of water in that relationship. So we never see him. He's sort of like this general walking around barking right. around orders. But I'm re- I've been reading this book called Loving uh Bravely and it talks about love and the different ways we see love and it reminded me so much of this scene because that's not how I see love and most mm-hmm. of us, right? But Same. in some twisted way, that is how that yep. is the way Thanos saw love, which was taking this person from this planet who was dying and giving her an opportunity and training her to be the most powerful woman in the galaxy. When that you, was his version of love. And when you see and his own end though, to, he's she becomes an errand person. hundred yeah. percent. But that was what he yeah. saw as being love. Like I'm training you to be something. 
So See, that means that in the MCU, cosmically, love is what you think it is. I think and that's, that's too true. squishy for me. I, think that's true I don't even in think that's in the MCU. I yeah. think that's. I think there's people that are psychotic. Yeah, and then yeah. they have you know versions of love for themselves, and I think that's where Thanos comes in here. I yeah. thought when Gamora, you know, quote unquote, killed Thanos, and she was having like an emotional moment. Mm-hmm. To me, I didn't. I didn't think that was her loving. I thought that was her essentially exercising the demons of uh, yeah. she, she she just killed free. her abuser. Right. You know, and that's an emotional moment. It's like right. when you confront your abuser after years in court or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Those things come back and that's what I that's what I got from that scene. Right. With Thanos, uh, is he capable of love? Yes, but it's not I think it's twisted. The wires are yeah. all mixed up in that head, and I, I would I would throw him in the realm of sociopath. Right. You know, I just think it's that it's not it's, normal, but it, it is to him. It's deeply problematic that this movie that's going to be seen by record numbers of people is putting the audience in a position where it has to empathize in order for the movie to work, empathize with an abuser and someone who has the ideological rigor of an emo teen. Like we're supposed to believe in this person in that what he's doing, he fully believes it. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think that that's a dangerous place to be. It's almost like, uh, did you ever see Mindhunter yeah. on Netflix yeah. where like you go crazy because you are constantly with the crazy kind of thing? Like, right. whereas Black Panther treated their villain who had a legitimate gripe against the way that the world has treated Africans, um, Thanos has no legitimate gripe. He has no legitimate gripe here. And I think that that's my big problem with him Hmm. and why I don't buy into him. Everything Hmm. about him is broken, sure. And that's a reason for him to do things because he's not a healthy individual. But the movie only works if you can empathize with this broken person. And that's that's the bridge too far for me. Like everything he does, I'm like... It's because you're a terrible person that you feel that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think I, yeah, I, I would. Agree. I would back up most of that. I, I just wouldn't put Black Panther next to this film because I don't. I don't think there is. You're right. There is. I isn't, think that's what uh, most people will do, though. It's the uh, next but, most successful one but, that just happened. Yeah, but Close the thing the, is, yeah. with with Thanos, I think that what I'm getting from this is spending more time and what we're using the word sympathy for this is we're not just supposed to get like Red Skull, like Red, Red Skulls just a bad guy and they could have just done that with Thanos and I'm glad they Mm -hmm. didn't is that they're actually giving time to at least give depth through to essentially a psycho you know and I think therefore we have a little bit more invested in a bad guy for once Uh, whereas Killmonger is something different where Mm -hmm. we call him a bad guy I wouldn't necessarily even call him a bad guy. I don't agree with with the the killing and all the stuff that he mm-hmm. does, but I I don't put him in the same like villain category as someone who was just a a psycho, which is what I yep. what I consider Thanos, you right. know. Um so I would c- compare them thematically in this sense that like a good villain is someone who believes in what they're doing. They're not doing it to be evil. Yeah. They're doing it because they think they're doing good. That right. works for both Killmonger and Thanos. Right. The difference to me is that they didn't as successfully lay out that motivation in a believable, empathetic way yeah. for me to identify with Thanos in the way that they want yeah. me to. I think it's harder yeah. to identify with Thanos because, like, Killmonger is a real person coming from a right. real experience mm-hmm. that we know exists yeah. right. in real time. And Thanos is a guy who lived on Titan and decided to kill, killing half the universe. Was That's not realistic for any of us. So it's harder to sort of mm-hmm. have that connection. Um, but the themes are th- similar enough. I think to to your point to try to give more layered villains than, than just I want to rule the world mm-hmm. or I want some power to do powerful things. So then, do we give them enough credit for taking that swing that it's okay then that it doesn't work? I think I think that's the only swing you can really take. 
with with this, with, I, I think yeah. so. It's really the only like, swing you can take. Like, you, I mean, because other than that, you end up with a very plat. You end up with what's his face from from Justice League. You end up with sort of Steppen a cartoonish Wolf. Steppenwolf, yeah. who just I'm doing the bidding of very something one dimensional. Yeah, it's like yeah. Give him, even if it's not believable, you take the swing that maybe. It, you know, and the swing you take is bringing in Gamora, is bringing in Star Lord, is bringing in other people, other characters, versus like a big CGI goon who's going around stealing yep. artifacts. Yeah. I, I just think that after living through like the golden age of like difficult men television, right. we should be able to get this down more than giving him an emo teen ideology right. of like there's not enough food to go around, that so I'm going to kill people. Right? No, would, would Thanos fair. be better if he if he was like modeled off of uh, Archie Bunker? <laughs> like, if that was essentially the the the, the bad guy, the sympathetic that we got, and then yeah. like, yeah, I, I mean, because that's a family I think people can relate to. The entire oh, yeah. character for me could have been solved just by changing the ideology behind why he was going to kill everybody. Yeah, I mean, I had to train to something because the, the comic stuff doesn't again, work. Again, they, they He's could so well traveled. They could not have brought in <laughs> Mistress Death. I think if they had yeah. layered that in somehow, and that was his motivation, then it would be like, okay, he was doing this. For that reason. For love. See, but I even you know. even that I could at least get more on board with, where like you have an eternal being who realizes that the only thing that he truly loves is the thing that he can never reach, death itself. Because if he were to die, he wouldn't be there anymore to, right. to, to hang out with death. And that is a way more tragic and interesting right. motivation to me than there's not enough food, I'm going to kill everybody. Right. Because there's enough food. I do. I don't know. I think there is this layer here that I got that is it's not directly on there, but there is this sense of only, uh, you know, I can do this. It's, yes. it's up to yeah. me. It's very this, narcissistic. This arrogance. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I, I mean, they didn't play it up as much as they should have, which I think goes to your point there, Nick. Um, but that there, I thought, was attractive to me, to him as a villain, that there's this arrogance of like, oh, no, yeah. only I can have, I, only I can do this, which I think is relatable to, you know, certain realities. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, before we get too far away from it, Tim said something before we started explaining stuff uh, that I, it, I, in my notes, I wrote this down. I just wrote Empire because th- we mm. essentially just had Empire Strikes Back given to yeah, us right much. um and so the the whole second part of it we're still waiting for this return of the jedi so it feels weird sometimes for me to even like even this is what i was debating earlier should i even say this is one of my favorites in the third universe because i feel like jedi can come along and just not really pull it off and that would really affect my view of this you're gonna have film. like gamora oh, okay. and those guys like ghosts playing in the stars at the end of yeah, the movie yeah I, I don't yeah <laughs> <laughs> Just hanging out. For, for I'm assuming creature. the four is going to be the fix it, you know, and maybe yeah. it's a time stone thing. Obviously, Doctor Strange ha- has seen all of this, saying this is the only way it could but happen. He's gone. Like, oh, oh, can the, we talk about the, that? That's the line gone. that Doctor Strange said. He says, "Now we're in the end game." Yeah, yeah. He knew exactly what he was doing when he gave up the Eye of Agamotto, yeah. I, and I think he like, knows. That I don't think he did. Because, <laughs> wow. okay, so if you're okay. going to look at time in the way that he is, there are infinite possibilities. Right. He said that mm-hmm. he looked at specifically 14.6 million, correct? Mm-hmm. And those were limited, of course, by the amount of agency that he had in creating those different timelines, right? right. So he didn't consult anybody else. Nope, he could have no. stopped time and they could have talked about this thing. And like, let's come up with a plan right now because I have a time stone where I can create mm-hmm. like an infinite box for us to come up with a bulletproof plan. Mm-hmm. And he did that. Instead... And he didn't do that. Instead, he went off and like looked at possible futures on his own, ignoring the fact that other people should have had input into that. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're going to like hang this entire thing on 
Doctor Strange seeing all these different futures and that making it okay that we end the movie the way that we do because this might be the one way that they win. That's one out of 14.6 million. What is it out of infinite? You know right. what I mean? Oh, like huh. that, that again was a point where the writers and the directors expected me to make that leap with them. And I'm sorry, I've seen too much sci-fi to believe that 14.6 million is enough out of infinite for I, me to believe that this is the one yeah. way that they can. Beat but I think that guy. point was to say that they were really up against it. That yeah. and I also think no, it, the whole it, point it speaks like, to yeah, Dr. Strange's yeah. egotism Right. Yeah. for him to be like, I looked in the future and based on what I know of these things, forget what everyone else says. That egotism it plays with Doctor Strange's character going back w- deep in the comics. But in going through all those iterations of the potential futures, is right. he essentially going through everybody else's stance? Because he's essentially getting what they're going to do anyway and all these different ways things could play out. I mean, that in a way is kind of including what else we can do without yeah. having to... Obviously, yeah. uh, you know, Peter Quill and, and uh, Tony Stark work really well together. Right. And so, you know, yeah. instead of like going through all that, um, going through all these millions of iterations of it essentially what he did in in doctor strange the film yeah. like he essentially kind of did that right. in a way and, and i think yeah. that's how they're explaining a way <laughs> he had infinite time he could have stopped yeah. time and done as much preparation as he wananted to yeah what, i did like his kagibunshin nojutsu uh from naruto anybody <laughs> nah. are you talking about the multiples there we go yes yep. okay yeah uh that was pretty sweet yeah. um that was a cool like wizard battle between yeah. him and Thanos. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. That yeah. that had like Dumbledore vibes. That was cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. But I mean, definitely the death that I think w- was the most effective because it looked the most painful was Peter Parker. Yeah, like that one when he was like, Mister Mister Stark, I don't I don't feel too good. Yeah, and, like you see him like as opposed to like Bucky where it just kind of like turns to dust. Everyone he else, spent like, time on him. Yeah, like yeah. Peter, like it looked like he was physically being pulled apart. And he was like, just please, Mr. Stark. And it was just like, ugh. Then he starts like, apologizing. Yeah. Like, that was rough. That, that was, was also the one that took me out of it, though. Really? Because I was like, they're going to kill Tom Holland. They're not going to kill Tom Holland. He's coming, well, they're course, all coming back. Of course. Well, they're that's what, why the fix it's going to, that's what I mean, like, with the Empire thing is we're going to have, we're going to have the fix it film. Of course. And we might even get Gamora back. Who knows? There's a time stone at play Didn't here. Didn't cheapen the ending, though? No. When, like, when they, ki- when they killed Black Panther, I was like, whoa, bold choice. <laughs> bold right. choice. And then yeah. they kill Spider-Man after that. I was like, okay, they're not killing both of those guys. Yeah. No, no, no they're, they're definitely not. But the, but the core, essentially, Avengers from, like, early on are still kind of around, right? We got Captain America. That was the surprising thing because yeah. Cap and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, both of them have both said like, "Eh, we're kind of done." Yeah, and, and to see uh, them Scarlett like Johansson. Yeah, and to see them like still around, like to see the people you know kind of apparate, you know, out to use a Harry <laughs> Potter thing. Uh, those were not the ones that I thought would. Right. But again, we have a part two coming. Yeah, yeah so, the story's not over. This is yeah. kind of halfway through the movie. Yeah. So somebody had pointed out to me that the soul stone essentially is probably holding all these it is. souls in yeah. the soul sphere. That in the we soul not, yeah. world. In the soul which world. is where yeah, Adam Warlock lived, which is where Silver Surfer got exiled for a while. Yeah. Um, and so they're, they're, they may still be out there in some way, and that may be how the fix-it comes, who knows. Um, but yeah, the, yeah. The, the core little folks that are still around, like Tony's still around, mm-hmm. Steve Rogers still around, um, there, there's going to be some something that's. I mean, I, I don't know. The fix it. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm calling the next film is the fix it. Right. Uh, Avengers fix it. Since that's we're under the yeah. spoilers, can I talk about my least favorite line in the entire movie? Oh, please yes. do. It was when Wakandans are getting slaughtered by those monsters, and Vision's like, "We don't trade lives." 
And I was like, really, dude? Right now you're going to say that? They're fighting for you so that you don't die. Right. It's like, that, yeah. that was so annoying. Which was probably that one of my favorite so scenes annoying. was Vision dying twice. Yeah. yeah. Was, oh, yeah. I kind of enjoyed that part. I was like, this is what he wanted the entire movie. Uh, this is what he wanted the entire movie. time and plucked that gym out of his head. It was great. Great shout out for Starbucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Right. Uh, so obviously you guys waited till the after credits scene yes. yes okay so the after credit scene that was another one where unless you're following the marketing for these movies like i know people who went to that who then just like tim sent me a text after him but like what what was that what did i just wait around yeah, for somebody asked me about that too and i had to explain to them so yeah. The person I went to the movie with turned to me and said, not worth it. And then we walked out. <laughs> wow. So I was like, we knew that Captain Marvel was coming. Like, honestly, it would yeah. have come out in the reporting that that movie yeah. was going to play into what right. happens in the next Infinity War. But part I, I think whatever. of all of the post credit scenes, like that was one where like Tim and I talked about off air. When Thanos first turns around to the big chair, a few of us were like, oh, sweet, Thanos, this is going to be crazy. Most people were like... Who, who is the mm-hmm. big guy and why do we care about him in space? Yeah. Mm-hmm. With that one, the, the pager was just so subtle. I just, that was kind of weird. The, do we, in, my theory is, mm-hmm. is that in just coming off maybe the Kelly Sue DeConnick versions of Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. she's out in space. Like, yeah. we're assuming that Captain Marvel's just been out in space this whole yes. time. We just yes. have not Absolutely. seen her. Yeah, yeah Brie Larson, okay. her movie is going to start on Earth. She's going to go up in space. In space. Oh, so she's doing sure. her Green Lantern thing. So is that some sort of like alien beeper? That, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, did you see all the, the tech on it? Like, yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Like a souped up right. page. So, okay. So we are, we are now officially out of, out of spoilers. Uh, yeah. So, so that was, uh, that was the deep dive. Yeah. Into Avengers Infinity War. Some mixed opinions. Can I say something? I put it where I'm at my welcome. No, no. no. <laughs> what frustrated me watching this was not the film. It was watching them work as a team and thinking like the X-Men should be doing this and they're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this should be happening in all the X-Men films. Like that scene when, when Cap shows up and it's in the trailer where he's, he steps out of the shadow and, but then he, he, he throws the thing and then Black mm-hmm. Widow catches it and it's this hole and, and like Falcon teamwork. comes in. And I was like, why yeah. are we not getting this with like Iceman and Gambit? And like, yeah. you know, my should have been Cyclops stepping out of the yep. thing and then Angel swooping yeah. in. Yeah. So stepping off of that, my big disappointment, and this is going to be a huge shout out to uh, Patton Oswalt, but my hope, my one hope mm. for this whole film was that that reality stone was going to come into play and maybe like somebody punches Thanos in a really bad way or something, something bad happens and like the record skips. And then the next thing we see is Wolverine's hand coming out over there's like, still time. yeah, there's so, so well, I was like hoping Darth Vader shows up for a second. It, right. Well, <laughs> not, not that, but I mean, in the background of this, we've had this whole like Sony and X-Men getting bring, yeah. brought back yeah. into like the Disney world. Could they have Fox done this? Yeah. Could we have done this? I was, I had my fingers crossed. Yeah, my but friend, happen. Uh, Brian Ziltzman, uh friend said, wouldn't it be great if it was like a fantastic four emblem on the pager at the end? Yeah. That would have been cool. Mm. I would have been more excited about that than I Captain cried, Marvel. I would have cried. Oh, yeah. I'm, it's funny because I'm not, I'm not actually enjoying the Captain Marvel uh, comics that I'm, I'm reading right now. I know, really? hot, hot take. But um, <laughs> the uh, the Fantastic Four, I'm, I'm kind of, I've never been a Fantastic Four fan. It's never okay, been huh? my bread and butter. Um, I work with somebody Are you reading the Captain ins- Marvel or Miss Marvel stuff? Uh, Captain. Okay, so read, read some Miss Marvel. Okay. Uh, Miss Marvel is a great character. Okay, so I will do that, uh, and then maybe I'll, I'll change my opinion, and then you know I look forward to your letters. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so so yeah, 
There we go. Uh, Tim, what do you have coming up? Jeez, what, what kind of projects? Really, yeah. Nothing really. Sif is coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing really out. Uh, what's that That weird Gabriel Union movie? Breaking In. Breaking In. Yes. And that's <laughs> coming so out. Weird. And uh, that Melissa McCarthy movie. That's it. Really on the horizon. And Deadpool. Yep. Yeah, All right. That's it. And then where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, peoplescriticblog.com. You can find me there. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. Sweet. Dyer, what do you have coming up, uh, and where can people find you? Um, what I have coming up is a little bit under the wraps, because it's all season three stuff, but okay. I will say this, that I will be going all over the Northwest. I have a truck now that I'm essentially packing up, and I'm just going to camp out in okay. everywhere from BC to Oregon, and so there'll be some stuff coming up from that. Uh, where can people find us is uh, nw-nerd.com. Uh, Nick's always better at this stuff because some of our stuff is underscored at NW underscore nerd on Twitter um, and Instagram and Instagram and uh, the face place. We've got a couple groups on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Actually, Northwest Nerd Alert is my favorite one because it's essentially the calendar. If you want to know about anything happening in the Northwest, I encourage people to join that post stuff on there that's happening. Don't post whatever you're selling. Just post. <laughs> don't, I don't, you know, I don't care about the comic books that you want to get rid of. There's places for that. This is for events happening mm-hmm. all around the Northwest. So yeah, you can find me. Events, meetups. If you find yourself like not as engaged in your particular nerddom and you wonder like, is there a micro con for this at some point? Like Dyer has probably posted about that on Northwest yeah. Nerd yep. Alert group on nice. Facebook. So definitely check that out. Also NW Nerd Podcast on Facebook is a, uh, According to our survey, the number one place that people like to follow us and interact with us. So check that one out as well. Nice. On Facebook? Nice. Yeah, the Facebook page. Sounds good. And then, of course, on Apple Podcasts and... Yeah, wherever you, you get wherever podcasts. You get SoundCloud, podcast. Stitcher, yeah. everywhere. Google uh, Google Play seems to be a popular Google choice. Google Play is interesting. And Overcast. And Overcast. Yeah, Overcast, Overcast is, is what I use. So. Yeah, Overcast Same, is yeah. one of the ones that people have been using over iTunes because or Apple Podcasts because Apple Podcasts keeps updating it and it sucks. Yeah, their app has yeah. gotten really bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so upcoming things for this podcast. Uh, I interviewed Oscar winner Sebastian Leleo, uh mm-hmm. for his new film Disobedience. That is going to be dropping in a couple weeks, I think. Uh, 50 Hour Slam Film Festival in Spokane. I think I'm going to be doing some coverage for that coming up. And then the... Uh, Translations, the 13th Seattle Transgender Film Festival starts May 3rd through the 12th. Uh, I might be doing some stuff for them as well. And Eric Berliner is the director for that. So yeah, and this podcast you can find on anywhere you find podcasts, like Overcast, like we just talked about. Uh, and also AboutReview.com has full links to the show notes and guests. About to review at About to Review on your social media platform of choice. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to AboutReview.Threadless.com, get a t-shirt, or click on the Amazon link in the description below. So thank you, Tim. Always. Thank always, you, thank always you Dyer. Day. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I had a lot of fun doing this. Yeah. I hope, like, I knew that I was going to be the one big negative in this room, mostly <laughs> because I already read Tim's thing and yeah. Dyer was already gushing about this there movie before I There is somebody outside, out there that feels always. the way you oh, do. Oh, we know some. We know some people. Right. Yeah, I, know I, I hope you have me back at some point. Oh, absolutely. Right. No. Th- <laughs> yeah, we will definitely do this yeah. again. So definitely check out Northwest Nerd podcast so for this episode i have been joined by tim dyer and nick jarn a northwest nerd and i've been your host that guy named john we'll see you next time 
Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby.